0: it's two o'clock for me so it's two o'clock for everybody so let's get started Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to Season 2, Episode 1 of the Dynasty Movement Podcast. This season, we're adding community roundtables to alternate with our guest rotation to give a looser, lighthearted contrast to our guest interviews, which are typically more on-the-nose, dynasty-based discussions. Today, we have the four of us from our own little community here to fire up a new season. We'll go through a quick round of introductions before digging straight into the discussion topics uh, that we have for the day, most of which were brought forward by you guys. Um, So first and foremost, I am Nick. I go by Burn here, at TDM Burn on Twitter. Follow me, thanks. Um, I've been playing Dynasty since 2015. Uh, I am a big champion of things like return yards, multiple tight ends in a league, tight end premium, that kind of thing. and from there, I'm just going to pass it on to Solar here.
1: What's up, y'all? I'm Solar, um, also known as Tanho on Twitter. Actually, that's underscore Tanho on Twitter. Um, I'm most known for my work with Dynasty Process, probably a trade calculator you guys know about. Um, also do a bunch of NFL and fantasy data engineering, uh, which I'm pretty known for. NFLverse is my current project. And... Um, What's the other thing you want me to tell, tell people about? I've been doing Dynasty oh. since 2017. Um, what do I bring to the Dynasty space? A bunch of data, mostly, that I, I then proceed to ignore. And where do I plant my flag? I plant my flag on all Canadian players. And <laughs> generally speaking, um, just relying on ADP most of the time. Brand. And I'm passing it on to Dimas. Demos? I don't know. You can tell us. Demos.
2: Well, I, hello. Uh, I'm Dylan. Uh, on the server, I go by DMuse. Muse. D Muse. Um, I've been playing Dynasty since 2019. Uh, Fantasy for a lot longer than that. Um, you know, fly plant-wise, I absolutely stand best ball. And I will not hear any arguments to the contrary in terms of that being the correct way to play Dynasty. And uh, obviously, all y'all know me from my unhealthy obsession with the Buffalo Bills. And with that, I will uh, pass it on to Down With Fun.
3: What's up, everybody? Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I just had my second cup of coffee. So we're, we're coming back down. Um, coming back down with fun. Um, I've been uh, part of the server since 2019. Um, what, what are all the things I'm supposed to go over? Uh, what do you like? Yeah, Uh I I guess my flag plant is that uh, every league should have defense and special teams. I like the amount of chaos that it throws in. Um, What do I bring to the fantasy space? Honestly, probably not a whole lot materially. Uh, I bring a lot of memes. I think I bring a lot of spirited discussion. That's maybe not always good faith. Um, And uh, I don't know. I bring the good vibes, I guess.
0: Alright, thank you. That is us. This is what you're in for. Um, we have a bunch of topics today. They're gonna segue from things like off-topic discussion to community-centric discussion to finally dynasty-pointed discussion before we get out of here. Um and the first question for the day, any of you guys or me, I guess, can just jump right in. Um and actually, you know what, I'll just answer this one right off the bat. What is this pod about? Um for us, I think it's about community outreach. It's nice to hear from different people in the server, people that we talk to every day in, you know, the chat or whatever, uh, just to get to know them a little bit better. And as we go through the season, one week we'll have a community roundtable like this where it'll be three or four of us. And then the next week we're going to bring in a guest from Twitter or from wherever else we can find them to have a more dynasty-pointed discussion. Um, and we're just going to basically alternate between getting whoever of you want to get up in front of someone and people who do it for a living. Um I think it's a really cool opportunity. Uh we have a particularly growing platform at this point and I think it's a good thing for us to be able to do this sort of thing and I guess
3: that's really it. I don't really have an and. Um No I, I think you said it pretty well. Um I I I like hearing the voices of people in the community cuz it reminds me that you guys aren't uh just like names on a screen, you know? I I think it's easy yeah. to forget that there's like people going on behind there and uh I actually just
0: a name on a screen.
3: Yeah, and I don't know what I was expecting Muse. We we never really established the pronunciation. He, he said uh, Demus. Okay, Muse. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what I expected uh you to sound like, but I I think I was just expecting you to sound like Josh Allen. So <laughs>
1: just see so that. What does the... Josh Allen even sound like? Is that a, uh, is that a thing we know? <laughs> not really?
0: You know, I
3: might I might have imprinted like a voice onto Josh Allen himself too. I, my... I assume
0: he sounds like Clint Eastwood, you know.
3: <laughs> I, I'm just thinking like he sounds like a jolly, <laughs> I, like, John? I don't know, a jolly Midwesterner. One of my best friends in real life is uh, is a Bills fan. And so, between Demu's and him, I'm just inundated with, like, more Bill's content than I am, like, actual Bears or Ravens stuff.
0: Yeah, um, and it's fun for me because I know a lot of people think I'm, like, a very masculine person. So I like to be able to come up in front of this kind of thing and show that I have a voice that isn't made for radio, but I make up for it by having a face that is. Um... (laughs) let's get uh
1: is that a self burn burn
0: (laughs) yes um so let's get into uh, i guess our first actual topic for the day is uh you guys play any sports growing up any of you yeah
3: i played hockey i played uh soccer and basketball um i played I i was awful at basketball i looked like i was having a stroke every time i shot the ball um I, I was decent at soccer. I, I played that, like, one year in high school, but then we had, like, a mutiny because our coach was kind of racist, so we had, like, a walkout, <laughs> and then I never played it again. I play some, like, I don't know. I, I do Ultimate Frisbee sometimes.
0: Uh, I'd get into that whole soccer coach topic, but we have to post this on, like, Spotify and stuff, and for posterity's sake, I don't want to dive into it too much. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, i know solar you do a lot of rowing right
1: yeah well that was kind of a, p- a sport i picked up after like during and after university In in high school and like as a kid i did a lot of martial arts and then football and then um some soccer and then kind of topped out at five foot seven and so basically decided to pick up a new sport and then did a bunch of rowing for almost a decade now um nice. kind of took it off over the pandemic and kind of getting back into it slowly um but yeah rowing's been pretty fun i highly recommend well it's kind of f- it's fun to do the people who do it tend to be of a certain demographic and so they're not always fun to put up with but rowing's fun
3: rowing who's itself like, is fun. who's the stereotypical rower
1: um is popular among uh schools like cambridge oxford and harvard
2: Mm, yeah i've seen no. the social
1: network mm. it's very it's very much like that still which is kind of problematic and things it's trying to change but it hasn't changed
2: much yet so we'll see how it goes
0: Fair
1: enough.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah. Dilly Dilly. Um,
2: yeah i was a uh i was an edge rusher for two years in high school um i was not very good Um, And the issue with not being very good was that I was playing in the North Texas high school circuit, oh, which tends to be very good. Uh, So that did not last long, I'll tell you all that. But yeah, you know, I played played high school football for a few years, and then I went on to do the actual, I would say, the gentleman's sport, the intellectual sport of debate, as we all know, the most physical of all the sports.
0: Oh, of course. Definitely. Of course, yeah.
2: You do but, uh, yeah.
0: um, And then I myself, obviously, uh, I've said it before in the server several times. i played hockey. I've played it for 25 years. Um, I've picked up golf in the last few years as I have gained an appreciation for being out of the house. And I know this isn't on our little sheet here, but D-Muse, while we're on the topic of you being uh, from North Texas and playing at Circuit, how did you end up being such a big Bills fan?
2: Um so I, I guess I should really get into this now uh, the one great secret of my life and my Bills fandom is that I in fact grew up as a fan of the New England Patriots no what oh, oh. oh. oh no.
3: No, this is genuinely oh. shocking
1: <laughs> this is almost like me like not liking light, light mode
2: what I, I, I grew up you know, I mean, I think I said before I spent a while of my early life in Tampa, but before that, I was in Boston for a while and, you know, I sort of grew up as a Sox fan, as a Patriots fan, uh, but I ne- never really followed football at the time. And when I got to Tampa, um, the um it was right. I think a bit around the time when they had won the Super Bowl and then they immediately became bad and I just refused to follow them. And so I went a pretty long amount of time where I was like a bandwagon, sort of Fairweather Patriots fan. Uh, and once I started to get into football itself, uh, my, my father grew up in Buffalo. He is a, a insane uh, Buffalo sports fan. Uh, basically, you know, started watching games with him. And started going to Buffalo with him. And basically, I converted. It's like a religious experience or religious conversion served to the correct side of sports fandom. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I just ended up becoming a massive Buffalo sports fan after that.
3: That is genuinely, like, the most heroic arc to somebody's, like, fandom. It's like, like a, you, it's a redemption you, arc. Yeah, you you were... Literally cheering for like the evil empire, and then you converted to like maybe the most agreeable, wholesome fan base in the league.
0: So, I'm gonna segue this right into uh the next uh topic here. Uh, what hobbies do you guys have?
3: I've taken advantage of the uh mostly spearheaded by solar, I've gotten into weightlifting the last couple months, um, okay, been good, uh pretty, oh, yeah. pretty active. I've been pretty active with that, not so much posting my uh, my actual workouts, but that's that's been really fun. You know, the, the pandemic really uh, made me gain a lot of weight from just doing nothing but drinking and eating like shit. Um, so are you
0: saying that uh, the whole reason you wanted the uh, drip channel was to actually slowly just start taking more and more of your clothes off to show off your physique?
3: That's the end goal, um, <laughs> okay. for sure. I'm not trying to pretend that it's not. But uh, yeah, I'm in. I'm into weightlifting. Um, lately, I feel like I've been like I don't know if it's weird to say as a hobby, but I I feel like I'm starting to get back to like pre-pandemic levels of like socializing. Like I I had like a lot of like newfound like almost agoraphobia and whatnot from the pandemic. I'm, I'm sure some other people have too. Where. Like, I'm not really, like, awkward around people, but I just, like, have found myself being a lot more introverted, and I'm kind of getting back to hanging out with people like that. So been hitting the dating scene a lot. Um, I'm obviously into fashion. I'm a gamer. Been playing a lot of bug fables. Shouts out to, like, the two people oh, yeah. who, who are also into bug <laughs> fables. Um, uh, I think that's pretty much it for me right now. Those are, like, all the big ones. I like drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Is that, is that a hobby?
2: <laughs> uh, I choose to <laughs> <some> people.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, I've... Uh, I can feel that. I've been playing a lot of games myself. Um, I've also played little-known games like Rocket League and Apex uh, Legends. i um, been getting into 3D printing a lot lately. I'm not very good at it.
3: Oh yeah, I play Dungeons and Dragons too. My the, the guy who runs my campaign, he has like three 3D printers. So like I've I know I've Everything's posted a free. couple yeah I, I've 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 posted a couple things uh in the gaming channel, I think, but he's gotten like really deep into it and we're actually coming to the end of our four and a half year long campaign. Uh I think there's been like a total of like hundred and twenty sessions or something like that and next week's our final one, so I'm really looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, 3D printing has been, uh, it's like a love-hate relationship because I'm really bad at it, but I get a lot of, like, cool ideas to make things. Uh, I'm not very good at, I don't have any, like, CAD training or anything, so if I try to make anything, it falls apart. And, uh, yeah, other than that, I play a lot of random musical instruments. Uh, I've played guitar forever. I started picking up the piano right at the beginning of the pandemic, so I've been doing that. I'm not good at it yet, but. I started when I was twenty seven. So, like, what are you gonna do? Um, that's that's really it for now. Um, I'm I'm a really my one of my biggest hobbies, I guess, is just being wrong. You guys have probably picked up on that. Being wrong. Yeah, just in general. Uh, any take is, I made. is that a hobby? Like that. I've made it one. I do it all the goddamn time. Uh,
1: so that's yeah, yeah. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> Yeah, lately I've actually picked up playing Ultimate Frisbee, which is kind of fun. Um, I know there's like a there's a place around here, well there's a, I guess it's an organization that does like a bunch of beer league type stuff. And so you can do like, you can join as an individual and just kind of pick up into things like flag football, pick up soccer, Ultimate Frisbee. And it's been quite a lot of fun actually. Um, kind of getting better at like a forehand flick, which is really useful um, in Frisbee because otherwise everyone can shut you down pretty e- easily. So that's been one of the developments of the summer, along with continuing to lift um, and kind of getting back into traveling soon as well. Um, But that's mostly what I've been up to, aside from, you know, programming for fun, programming for work, and arguing with people on TDM.
3: Oh, I love
1: That's a hobby. That feels like a shared hobby, right? It is a shared hobby.
3: I don't know if it feels like a hobby. It feels more so like a job that we don't get paid for. It's like Stockholm Syndrome. Right.
1: It feels like that sometimes.
2: Sometimes a hobby, sometimes a chore. Uh, I've been, you know, I mean, I, I share the weightlifting hobby with, I think, from everyone here. Just in terms I sitting
0: here like a fat ass just drinking a Red Bull. You guys are all talking about lifting.
1: That does not <laughs> surprise
2: me.
0: <laughs> I was up until four, shit.
2: I think my life and my current apartment right now is sort of a graveyard of potential hobbies that did not really work out. <laughs> uh i have you know i got my uh, my undergraduate degree was basically an r and i never used r after getting that uh and i've completely forgotten it so outside just being able to run like a normal regression and i've tried to get back into coding and i just completely let that sort of go by the wayside i have a guitar that i used to be able to play back in elementary school that I have since forgotten and have never try, really tried to play again. Uh, I, I would say gaming, but uh, my Xbox got lost in the move to this current apartment, so that is currently not happening. So it's pretty much been fan- <laughs> my hobby is fantasy, I guess. It's fantasy and it's reading. It's pretty much been it.
3: What, uh, what kind of stuff do you read? Are you more of like a fiction or nonfiction guy?
2: I like either I basically I like either just random true crime nonfiction or uh just complete balls to the wall sci-fi or sort of sword and sorcery kind of stuff. Nice. Uh yeah. Reading just a lot of uh I don't know, Joe Joe Abercrombie, if anyone's familiar, does like a lot of that kinda of, or like he does he has a book series. Um, that sort of is like his take on a Lord of the Rings tale quest that I've been a pretty big fan of,
0: right? And on to uh the final kind of you know, who are we topic. Uh, what do you guys do for a living other than obviously spending all of your time here? Like, what are Ost- you supposed to be doing for a living?
3: Ostensibly, I'm supposed to be in sales, but like, I posted. a I posted a lot of my misadventures uh, in the the confession pit. Um, I, I I don't I don't do like direct selling. I used to do that. It was terrible. Um, no, I work in sales. It's pretty chill. It's just a normal corporate soul sucking job thing. Um, I don't know yeah. <laughs> but but I mean like what I actually do for for most of the work week is argue with people on the internet. That's where the bread and butter is. So I'm starting to
0: feel uh, a theme here because I also work in sales and I also spend most of my time here because I have to argue with people on the internet if I don't have people yelling at me.
3: I mean, I've been since joining in 2019, I have been very, very lucky to experience uh, two very long periods of unemployment. So, like, which were choices on my part, but um, like, so I'm on here during the week, and I I see everybody posting out here, and I'm like, I'm unemployed, and this is exhausting. How the hell is everybody doing this? Like, well, th- I like, just get so paid often. To do this now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's
1: easier when you get paid. It's yeah. it's it's like it's like any other task. If you're procrastinating something, it's so much easier to do like literally anything but what you're supposed to be doing.
0: True. It, so, it's yeah. less sufferable here, I guess, knowing that I could be doing something worse. Uh,
2: I am. I guess did this, this being a student count as employment? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I am. I'm a law student currently.
0: Oh, nice. Uh, another fucking lawyer. Yeah. yeah. Jesus.
2: Moving to DC, <laughs> dc
1: Too. Is that what I heard?
2: Uh. uh, uh yeah. So I, I've been in D C. for like the last couple weeks. I mean, week and a half. I guess now. Uh, just recently moved. Your timing is so shit, just so you know.
1: <laughs> I was just in D.C. We could have met up. You could have met up with JRH and Scotty and I, but...
2: Is
0: Scotty listening right now? If Scotty's here, hunt him down.
3: Uh, it does not look like he is. I do think, though, that we should... I mean, <laughs> I know that this has been toyed around with since at least I joined, but eventually I think it would be cool to have a TDM meetup. Um, and you know, I'm not, I'm not just saying this because I live here, but I think Chicago would be a great place to do it since it's like in the middle, you know?
0: Hey, that's easy for me. I'm fine with that.
3: It's a quick two hour drive down the road.
2: Does the Amtrak go to Chicago?
3: Oh, everything goes Baby, to we got, we got Amtrak. We got not one, but two airports. You cool. name it, we got it. So, uh
0: I guess... Solar brought this question to uh, all of us. uh, What's the best thing you've bought recently for under $100? And I use recently in a very loose term, because let's keep it interesting. Mine is uh, this microphone that I'm using right now, which has come in handy so that I can do things like this. Um, The HyperX SoloCast, it was $60. Um, If you need a desk mic, it's a pretty good option, I hope. I can't hear myself through it, so it sounds pretty Antel- decent. Yeah, it seems pretty <laughs> so good. All right, so that's your guys' judgment. If this sounds okay, then I recommend it. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, yeah you I, husband, so you better have something lined up.
1: I better have something lined up. I just bought. So I've, I'm. I just. I. So you, you. I told. I told people that I started. our that I do coding for a living, um, but I'm going to be working in pro soccer pretty soon, and so doing a bunch of traveling. And I just picked up. Uh, A new travel backpack, actually, um, on sale. Um, And it's a Gregory Border 35, which is a 35 liter travel backpack. And basically, my goal is to be able to live out of it for like a week or two. And it looks it seems pretty good so far. So I'm kind of getting ready to do a bit of traveling um, and try to pack like two weeks worth of clothes in it and so on. So that should be fun um And yeah, it seems good. I'll I'll have reviews of the backpack, if people are interested after I get back. But
3: uh, it seems great. I want to see a full write up in the the Drip channel. In the Drip channel, my backpack. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: like no less than two thousand words.
1: No less than two thousand words. Okay. Oh, no problem. Um,
3: I think my favorite purchase of under a hundred dollars. Speaking of Drip, um. I I honestly think that this is going to sound really dumb, but, uh, the Yeezy gap hoodie that I got last year was like around a hundred bucks. And you might think that's a lot for a hoodie, but it's like double layered and it's thick as hell. And it basically like is a coat. So you can just wear like a hoodie as a coat and like, you know, Chicago winters are pretty harsh. Um, but that thing like works just as good as any winter coat that I have. And, uh, you know, it's stylish. It's cropped. People are always like, wow, that's a nice looking hoodie. And I'm like, thanks. It's, 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 it's easy."
2: I think, because I had to think about this because I haven't really bought that much recently. So, what's or, the thing away. you bought? Uh, so, you know, new apartment, one of the most important things you can have, uh, in, in my opinion, is just having like, you know, getting get, get your kitchen and getting your, uh, so like all your cookware fully stocked. Absolutely. And so, you know, I got, like, some really nice Nordic ware, cookware, some sheets. Um, I, got, I got a few different pans. I got, like, I got, like, a really nice, I think it was like a cuisine or pot or something. You know, like, all for pretty much on sale. And I put them all in the box. And that box is put in the storage. Um, and then in the move, somehow, that box did not go from storage in, that's currently in the the south of the United States, up to D.C. So uh, I think my answer to this question is a bunch of pots and pans. that are very nice. They're currently sitting in a storage unit somewhere.
0: Do we need to send you food and an Xbox? <laughs> yeah, <they're...
2: laughs> a food and Xbox? We, we, we got to get this. You okay? <laughs> you okay, buddy? I know a friend in D.C. or two. So you, you know, no, no, you no, no, reach no, out, no, no, out no, to me. I've gone on. I bought a bunch of replacement stuff now. Uh, okay.
0: Cool. You're just gonna have so no, many I,
2: I'm not out. living out that uh, when we were joking about the uh, living in a cave earlier uh, before the podcast started uh, that is currently not my life although sometimes it feels like it's a bit close to it
3: yeah the, this podcast is actually a uh, uh, this is a fundraising effort for, <laughs> for provisions save our for boy dealers.
0: we'll set up for a Dima GoFundMe not... after this uh, and we'll yeah. link it save our boy alright and now uh
2: we've we got a
0: couple of questions directly for you. Um, because you are far more popular than the rest of us. Um Josh asked, uh, do you have any memes ready for the coming season? And or do you make them on the fly? Uh
3: that is a good question. And I I this this actually gave me a little bit of pause. If people on the server think that I, um, and maybe I am giving this aura off, and I need to adjust some things about myself, but I certainly hope that nobody thinks that I'm just like preloading memes for the season and like you know theory crafting them.
1: Loading up the
0: mag. What was that? You're just loading up the mag. You gotta <laughs> yeah, loading up
3: the bag. No, I, I mostly come up with them on the fly. I mean, I don't think I'm really ever coming up with anything that particularly new. Um, you know, like when I was when I came up with the the soy facing. Um, the soy facing meme, like I just thought that the soy facing meme itself was pretty funny. So I just like made myself soy facing, you know, dynasty people. Um, I like coming up with it on the fly. And I I really try to be uh, like conscious of over this. I would bet that a lot of people are probably going to disagree with what I'm about to say, but I try to be conscious of not overusing jokes. Um, Cause I, I find that that's like a pretty big problem, at least like uh, in my opinion, that's a pretty big problem in, like, uh, sporting communities. Like, I go on RNFL, um, as I'm sure a lot of you guys do when you're perusing Reddit, and people are still making... Um, uh, who is that receiver um, who 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 you became a- overweight?
2: Yeah, Kelvin Benjamin.
3: Kelvin, yeah. People are still making Kelvin Benjamin is fat jokes. And it's like, guys, can we just, like, move on? You know? Like, it was... Like it's I don't even the think first that hundred times.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean,
3: I don't Traylon even think Burks, that... right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Traylon Burks. Uh, oh, he's got. Uh, yeah, he's overweight or has. ass or whatever. Her, God forbid. Yeah, I don't even think that those jokes were particularly clever. I think the the one joke that I'll give uh, RNFL a pat on the back because it as uh, it has required some creativity has been the the pure malleability of uh, the Antonio Brown NBC memes. Of just coming up with different uh, different acronyms for for MBC, I think that that's funny, um, but yeah, I try to I try to keep the memes uh, uh, pretty fluid and and I don't load them in the chamber or anything. I I certainly hope that there are some analysts that post the just dumbest things to to make fun of. Like I we we were doing a walk down memory lane, I think in the confession pit of. Uh, some of the videos that i made of who is that guy who told people to not use the word shares
2: oh, oh. mother right
3: yeah something like that where it's just like like what are we doing guys <laughs> like that That guy was just trying to big braid everybody you know like i i don't know i yeah i guess that, that's a very that
0: there's a limited amount
3: Right, right. Just like the, just the dorkiest thing. Like somebody get this guy a swirly. Um, <laughs> yeah, but but yeah. To 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 answer the question, I I don't load the memes up unless it's like something like me, you know, an outline like me soy facing.
0: And uh, this one comes from Sam.
3: What's your favorite Marvel movie? <sighs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean what. We... What do you want me to say from this? My favorite Marvel movie is probably like it's I have not seen uh I have not seen any phase three movies, I think. I haven't seen Endgame, I haven't seen uh uh Infinity War. Um the last one that I saw was Shang-Chi. Um I I think like if I'm gonna actually give this a serious answer, it'd probably be winter soldier that right? gets you out
0: of the question you're right as you can we but can move like, right on if you want.
3: but i do i do want to say like like when it comes to to marvel it's just like what why is the turtles my favorite movie d movie? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah in general well i like it you know it's right up there with uh um uh w- wow what is my favorite movie uh the bill murray scarlett johansson movie Lost in... Um, Lost in translation, yeah. Eternals brought a lot of Lost in translation vibes. That's why it's my <laughs> one of my favorites. But uh, I... when it when it comes to Marvel, it's just like, what are what are we doing here? You know, I understand that it's cool to see some some childhood properties come to life on the silver screen, and I'm not against blockbuster like moments in pop culture. Like, I still think Lo- the Lord of the Rings trilogy is one of the the finest pieces of like pop culture ever. You know, everybody agrees that that was awesome. And Marvel was fun like that for a little bit, but like I just challenge everybody to, to love things that love you back. And I don't think that Marvel has done that in well over a decade.
0: Yeah, it's been 15 years now. We get it. Right. You can you only threaten the world so many times before you stop caring. Well,
3: now we got multiverses, you know? And, and in one of them, I will have you know, like I will watch... I'll be the first person in line to purchase a ticket where there is a Marvel character that takes place in the universe where Brian Edwards breaks out. I, <laughs> I will be number one in line for that. But no, I know. I just think that it's, I, I hate to break it to you, but I don't
0: think that universe exists.
2: This is I our last off
0: that. topic question before we start uh, digging into uh, the dynasty movement as, you know, a topic. Um, but what's your favorite drink for me? I am close to death. Because my favorite drink for the longest time was vodka red bulls.
3: Oh yeah, that's asking for trouble right there.
0: Yeah, uh, they are also known to be the drink that makes you most likely to get in a bar fight. Um, so that's that's kind of where I'm at. I had a uh, a lot of migraines for the longest time, and caffeine was a way to treat those. So I'm like, oh well, if, what if I just put a bunch of caffeine in my alcohol? Well, then I won't get hangovers.
3: It was just make me like profusely sweat.
0: Oh, I'm sweating right now, and I'm not even drinking. I just had a Red Bull just now. <laughs> well,
3: you had a vodka Red Bull minus the vodka.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm just I'm buzzing right now, bud. Um, what about you guys?
2: Uh, yeah, I was thinking. Uh, because my drink of choice is gin and tonic, personally. So I'll probably slam those if I'm ever going out. But in terms of his favorite drink, though. Uh, I was I don't about it it, there is nothing that hits better to me if I'm just tired, or I've been working out, or just really hot out, than a uh, Grapefruit Rattler. It's like a, one of those tall boy those. Yeah. I will destroy those. Those are the, amazing.
3: The people in my Dungeons and Dragons group are obsessed with Rattlers. Somebody always gets like a four pack uh, to bring.
2: I, I got really upset because I, so um, back when I was living in Texas, you know, our local uh, grocery store at Central Markets, like it, it's an H-E-B, um, and they used to have four packs of like the Rattler Tallboy cans for $6, and they then, right before I left, in like the last few months when I could really get them there, they raised that up to like about 11 or $12, Jeez. and I just completely gave up.
3: I think uh I think I'm gonna agree with you. I think like I- I'm honestly kind of like a bum and I just I usually nine times out of ten I'm either just having white claws or uh or like just cheap beer. You know, usually like either high life or PBR. Uh, but when it comes to actual like cocktails, I think that a gin and tonic is usually usually kind of what I'm feeling. Uh pinky out of course. Um, but I, I don't get too adventurous with it. Maybe every once in a while I'll have like an IPA, but I don't really have any. For for being in Chicago, I don't really have any like favorite breweries or anything, you know. And uh, Solar, do you, is there
0: anything you uh, like to drink in particular?
1: I was thinking about this one, and I I haven't been drinking a ton. I haven't been doing a bunch of like. I tend to be a social drinker, so I don't really drink <laughs> at home. But uh, at home, I tend to i tend to pick out some scotches on here and there and so i've kind of picked up a i've been enjoying a glen 10 which has uh-huh. been kind of nice to sip on every now and then but um yeah as far as cocktails go i don't really have one i, I drink old-fashioned sometimes but um that's not really my thing um and then as far as beers go i actually tend so as a kid, I've never liked, like, carbonated drinks, so I, I had trouble with beer for quite a while. Um, so I end up drinking a lot of stouts and nitro stouts and stuff, which just aren't as, you know, bubbly. Um, and mm-hmm. then kind of from there, kind of going into, like, craft beer-type stuff there. Um, but, yeah, that's that's sort of what I drink alcoholically. Um, I will also always basically drink, like, iced coffee of any sort. Um, generally it's my go-to drink anywhere else
0: well we've gotten through the off-topic stuff uh pretty much right on schedule here let's dive into the, the dynasty movement community um and we'll start off with something i guess a little bit uh, near and dear to our hearts what
3: is your favorite tdm meme and or community bit
1: for me a ton over the course over the, over a few years
3: There, there have been some good ones um, yeah. Th- this server has provided me a lot of joy. There has been many moments where I have like, I, I'll be like with people watching games, and I'll just start like crying, laughing from something, and they'll they'll just look at me like I'm crazy. And it's it's always stupid when you try to tell like explain internet happenings to to people because there's just so much context and everything. Um, I I think I I feel like. I I'm not sure if I can point out like a specific moments that it happened but mine might be something uh with Slick Fox. I just have like a lot of fond remembrance um and I I think it's after the fact now uh that that he's gone and that we don't have to <laughs> deal with a lot of his takes. I think that just, like, the saga of Slick Fox, like, leaving and then messaging the mods and coming back I <laughs> say, you're not even a
1: mod. <laughs> what? You're not even a mod. It's so much funnier as a mod, like, just looking back at it.
3: Right, right. Like, well, just, you know, like, I, I talked to you guys a lot. And just, like, kind of getting that information trickled down to me, like, uh, of what-, what he's done. He was so absurd. His takes were so bad that uh it it truly it felt like a troll job, and it was annoying in the moment where I thought it was a troll job, but now I just have to like sit back in awe and and still kind of wonder, like in my mind, he kind of exists in a state of superposition in which he is both a troll and utterly sincere at the same time and i I just I just think that he was a fascinating figure around here.
0: Yeah, uh, for me, I'd have to say, my it's been kind of ongoing for the last couple of years, and it's actually podcast related, but it's every time we have someone on, someone has to ask if they've ever shit their pants. Um, And I have answered this, if you want to look in the Hall of Fame, I'm pretty sure Solar pinned it in there. We were uh, going over the questions for what we were going to do for the season of the pod and whatnot, and I kind of answered it then and there. Um. If you're listening to this on Spotify or happen to stumble into this and you're not in the Dynasty movement, if you want that story, you're going to have to join uh, because I'm not putting this on the... I'm not streaming that.
3: You're, you're yeah. not going to tell people how you shit no. your pants?
0: I'm not going to tell them how I did it, but
1: it happened. Um, just... That's like the biggest tease thing I've ever heard. Absolutely.
3: <laughs> yeah, hey. are, are you really teasing out a thing that is already targeting a hyper-specific niche here?
0: <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Buy Nitro. Uh,
3: Solar, what about you? My fa- So I think and this is a shout out to
1: Sean who started doing this um, when he, he had a brief stint as a mod and then I think he got life busy. But my favorite things like memes on on TDM are the autoresponders that like fish onto random words. Um, so at one point Leroy shared somewhere this meme picture i think he had like some filter put on it um of him with long hair and so i decided to attach that to jesus christ and so anytime anyone says jesus christ anywhere it'll pop up with leroy saying no can do but how about uncle jesus and yes, i think it's jesus the funniest christ. thing
3: honestly I- that <laughs> one makes me so angry because usually usually the times where i'm posting jesus christ like i i'm in a very emotional state one way Someone or another said
0: some dumb shit and you're responding <laughs> with jesus yeah. christ
3: and then you just yeah. do that and we see like leroy's glorious mane and i like curse i i curse solar but then i like i have to stand back and be like wow that is that is a beautiful looking man right there
1: right it's like the like you know it's it's usually if you say Jesus Christ and it has to be the whole thing because it doesn't trigger on just Jesus or Christ as we both, and it's it's my favorite thing because it it like deescalates a little because usually it's like sounds like really frustrated or really like angry about something and so yeah. I, I like I like having it because it like instantly deescalates whatever it is you were just talking about and you got Lira. Right there. Yeah, I, I guess as a mod, that's
3: a pretty smart move because it does kind of it saves me out of whatever like emotional trance I'm in at the moment.
1: <laughs> it's my favorite I know I know I know it's a tr- massive troll, but it's the funniest thing, and um, there's a whole bunch of those that like Sean and I have put together over the years, and like the few other ones there was a Kenny Pickett one with like a really tiny hand in like like you know the Arthur meme where he's really angry, yeah, it's like and then the, the we shrunk the hand and so it's like small and angry. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I do, like, of I do like, I do really like the Wu Giants one. That's oh, a great one. Giants.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, well, that's a good one, too.
3: There were a few Hero, good ones. my hero. We,
1: we have, a uh, Dead Server happens every now and then still, too. Yeah, there we go. Thanks. F2B. That was a
3: great moment, actually. That was, that moment made me, like, howl with laughter. That guy would, because what, he posted a question and <laughs> nobody responded for, like, five minutes or something. Like an absurdly well, it was, short time period.
1: It was, I think it was like February. Like it was after the school had already happened. And then, well, I think what happened was he just kind of popped in. He joined the server. And I think at that point, like there was like, new, like a notification that there was a person who had like just joined. And he joined the server. No one talked. No one was talking at it. Like it was like a Wednesday afternoon in February or something. Like we're all just like, you know, working. Right. And he pops in. He asks a question, waits five minutes, types dead server, and then bails out of the server. <laughs> and so we're like, bro, it's like after the Super Bowl, there's nothing going on. It's not even the combine hasn't even happened yet. And yet you're like expecting someone to answer your question immediately.
0: Yeah. Like the Super Bowl <laughs> was three days ago, man. Let me take a breather. Yeah,
1: really. It's like peak dead season, and you're, and you're just like dead server. It's so like right, a Message like 15 minutes before you. And there's a message like five minutes after you. And yet you're like, dead server, out. <laughs> and so <laughs> uh, it was like, you know, we attached to good old. Is this Steve Belichick? Steve Belichick, right?
2: Yeah.
3: Something yeah, like really that. Really.
2: Yeah, I, I, I had yeah. to think on that question for a second, because I think there is, I agree with them with fun. There's a lot of like spontaneous stuff that I could not like reference right now that happens in the live game chats that just, is hilarious to me at the time. I just forget the next day. Um, But the first thing that came to mind for me that I just love in all its gloriousness is small boy went up on learning that Brian Dable was not going to be the Dolphins next head coach going that he had fallen onto his knees. (laughs) Oh, crying. Oh, I just love that one.
3: Yeah, that was that was a pretty good one. I uh my last one,
0: I'm gonna try to wrap this topic up here. Uh the last one that I really love and is still ongoing is the Clockwork Orange topics that we just beat into the fucking ground. Um, whether it's RAS or Burke's asthma or Najee being slower than fucking dirt. Um whatever it is, it doesn't come up a ton. But I just love the fact that as we keep just destroying a topic during the off season, it is becoming harder and harder to actually see what the picture in the background is as it's becoming inundated with more topics that no one wants to talk about anymore. Um because inevitably we're going to again. Um, what content and or features do you
3: want to be brought to uh, the dynasty movement? What do you want to see? That's that's a tough one because I feel like I feel like I'm not exactly a good ideas guy too much of the time. But like all of the changes that have happened to the server are since I joined like three years ago. Like I think that they've been good. <laughs> I I feel like we we've sanded a lot of the edges and now it's like pretty positive place. I think maybe the server could be this is more of like a nebulous thing but like could be like a little a little better to to newcomers i feel like sometimes people can join and just get a little culture shock from the amount of like server lore you know like a new person joins and uh okay no you know what i just this goes hand in hand with that what i would like to see is i would like to see people duke less uh I think that the server dukes way too much. Um, maybe I'm just salty because I was the the original d- person who was duped. Uh, but uh, I think that a lot of the time, when new people join, they'll ask a question that everybody hits them with a duke. John, like, put yourself <laughs> in their shoes. All right, you're you're new. You're coming. You're asking a question, and then you're just inundated with ten people duke Johnsoning you. Which, you don't even know what the Duke is. You don't know what the Duke <laughs> is. It's steeped in server lore. I I think that like probably three quarters of the people who, uh, uh, like use the Duke probably weren't even around for, the for Duke the Duke. Inning. You know, um, the Dukening. So I I like the Duke. I like that that uh, it's a part of the server lore. You know, I think it's really funny because out of all the people to, uh out of all the people to hit that kind of like emotion and meme, like Duke Johnson, why, you know, (laughs) it's gonna, it's gonna get the people asking that, but I would like to see people maybe be a little, uh, you know, nicer to that. Like if somebody's posting like two hours after a question is asked, do they need to be Duke Johnson? Or, or can we maybe save that for somebody who asked the question, you know, within like five, 10 minutes of it, you know? Well, That's... And
0: that, I think it comes along with the original vein of what the original Duke was, where people kept posting the same article over and over.
3: Right, yeah, um, and I, I do get that, you know, but, like, I think if, and like, like, we could use a little more judgment and be a little more discreet yeah. with it.
0: Well, and it's one of those things, too, where if someone asks a question and two people answer it the same way within ten seconds of each other or whatever, like, within reading time... It's right? Like, is that really a Duke or is that just two people answering simultaneously here and one person happened to be a little bit faster? That's yeah. a little different than someone seeing like, oh, Antonio Brown took his shirt off and flipped off Tampa Bay or D.C. or wherever he was. I don't remember. And then someone posted 10 minutes later and then another person posted a half an hour later or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I feel you there. Uh, this topic actually came up to uh, from Peiha, you know, sorry if I pronounced that wrong asking uh if we, we ever thought about having a rankings contest within the dynasty movement. Uh like a top thirty at each position, uh where the top five plays you should just get, you know, like a special badge or roll or whatever. Um and I actually really liked that idea and kind of wanted to see what else we had in mind there too. Um obviously for myself, I tried to get the invitational off the ground this year. Unfortunately, you know, wanting a ninety six person eight copy fantasy league is not an easy thing to do and i kind of overestimated my ability to get people to join um but that is something that we're still going to try to do next year anyway so i'm getting out ahead of that right now and saying hey set 20 bucks aside for next year how about uh solar do you have any ideas
1: i've got a f- i've had a few and i've kind of implemented a few here and there i do I, I do the draft contest every year and i think that's always pretty fun um rankings contests are interesting just because i think it's hard it's actually hard to do rankings. Like it's it seems easy um from a like it seems like all everyone has opinions, right? And so it seems easy. Um I've definitely built tools to make that, you know, start with this person, just reorder this blah blah blah, you get this ranking. But it's like to do like the there's a ton that goes into it from a like if there are people like doing projections, there's people thinking about like, you know, range of outcomes. There's there's a whole bunch of different ways to come at it. So um trying to get trying to get everyone to do rankings like i've asked people to do rankings before and kind of done contests like that and it's not easy like um it's definitely not one of the really popular apps that i've made people are easy to consume rankings but you know aside from he who will not be named who likes rankings a lot the rest of us really can't be bothered and we kind of have this like general sense of um where we like players but actual Actual rankings in list form are actually quite difficult.
0: I am now excited really... that there is someone in here that is Voldemort. Uh, sorry for interrupting. Go ahead.
3: Oh no, I was just going to say it's really difficult. Like, I I feel like a lot of people like doing rankings, but it's really hard to like uh to parse out kind of the middle section and whatever you're ranking. You know, like me with a lot of music nerds that i have like you know we'll make like top 20 albums you know every year or whatever and it's it's easy to do that first chunk because you're like super enthused about it but like you know are you really excited to match up like rb 17 and 18 you know like like when when you're trying to like slot guys in it's really kind of hard to judge that middle ground um and and like foster that level or that that like part of your brain where you're trying to organize that. It's really easy to do the bottom part and the top part, but that middle section is just that. That's going to stop a lot of people, I think.
0: Um, and Dean, uh, do you have any ideas?
2: Uh, I mean, not not a ton. Past what's already been said, uh, I, you know, I mean, I, I think the most important thing is just tr- increasing and continuing to drive community engagement. Uh, and I think getting the podcast restarted is going to go a long way towards that. Um, you know, I mean, I, I like the idea of a rankings contest. I know because I know we talked about that. Um, but, you know, it doesn't have to be rankings, obviously. It could be, you know, it could even just be like who you think your top 10 fantasy players at each position are going to be each week or something. Um, but just any ways that I think we can sort of continue to foster. And increase the amount of time, and the amount, I guess increase the amount of times so that we are engaging with the community and the community's engaging with each other, whether that's competing against each other, whether that is continuing to sort of group around and talk during games, um, you know, stuff like that, I guess.
3: Oh, that
1: reminds me of that thing, which was something we tried to start last year, two years ago. It might have been two years ago. Um, but. I think Val was the one who was behind this, but we should we should we had initially tried doing a like Secret Santa, um, where everyone kind of would get oh, a person fun. to buy a gift for, um, whether that's like actually mailing a gift or drop shipping an Amazon thing or whatever it is. And I think that'd be a fun thing to try this year to try to get you know if people are interested to yeah, sign up, but like keep it sign up, $10, spend whatever. ten dollars plus shipping, twenty dollars plus shipping, whatever. Whatever makes sense, no judgment if you spend more uh, or less really, but just you know here's the target number, and then you know kind of divvy it up there's a, there's quite a few services out there now and i I actually really enjoy Reddit Secrets Ana a lot. I think I actually quit this year, but there's a new thing that replaced it um, but there's a ton of there's there's some cool stuff that we could do there for sure
0: um and that's that's one of those things too if you're listening to this right now, um, a lot of the ideas that we get that we try to implement come from you guys. So if you ever have any ideas, just throw it in the server meta channel or Dynasty Talk, which is basically the same thing. Uh just, you know, get our attention. We we're just a bunch of random dudes. Uh so a lot of the ideas that we get are things that we would want to do. Um and we don't necessarily think about some things that someone else would come up with. If something comes up, uh don't like don't be shy, you know? Don't keep it close to your chest. On that note, what's your favorite uh TDM memory. For me, it was during the Cowboys and Buccaneers game last year in which Brady and Dak combined for almost 800 passing yards, seven touchdowns and three picks it was one of the best games of the season. And near the end of the game, while everyone's enjoying it in live game chat, our good friend Toothpaste comes in and said that this game is whack. I don't know why just the fact that, at the time, he was incredibly new. We didn't yeah. know who this was. And this guy comes in while everyone's enjoying what is probably the best game of the season and just thought it was terrible was hilarious to me. <laughs> it's... I I don't really have anything to add to that. But the fact that that itself is kind of turned into a meme, I guess I'll add that to the previous question that we had about our favorite memer bit. Uh, it was Toothface calling the Cowboys losing whack.
3: Yeah. That that's definitely got to be up there. That that moment made me laugh my ass off for sure. I, it probably like something in the live game chat. Like I don't know if this is like egotistical, but I think like my personal favorite moment was uh, when I was like drunk as hell last year during uh, during one of the the Sundays when everybody was watching. And I can't remember how it started, but people were trying to goad anybody. People were trying to like the the mods were trying to goad each other into adding everybody. Um oh. and uh I, I was really drunk and I found out that I somehow had permission to do that. And so I added everybody and then there there was like a million uh flame emojis. Everybody was posting the Elmo GIF on fire and the this is fine and there were there were like hundreds of users that like had never popped uh any questions or anything like that on here, like just coming in to like tell us off and like it the the building was like burning at that point just from like doing the add everyone thing, and I was just cackling like a hyena, um, you know, drunk off of like PBR or something.
0: I Remember looking at the insights for that week, and I want to say we lost something like 70 members from the everyone, which obviously at the end of the day doesn't matter. They were all people that don't talk anyway or really engage with the community, but I thought was really funny. You
1: Um, know what's really funny is that it's actually pod related. The reason that WF would have permissions is because... He was organizing pods at that time, I think. And so had the ability to tag everyone in order to say, you know, we're doing a new pod, like, you know, whatever. I think you got it as part of podcasts. That
0: was was right. Yeah. Yeah. He had it because you need the at everyone uh, ability to ping the AMA notifications uh, role.
3: Yeah. So yeah. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. What can I say?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for making it. So we had to take that away and not we have to do it all. Do you
2: have anything you want to add? Or, uh, yeah, it? I mean, I just, I mean this, is, this is a lot of recency bias, but I, I really, really enjoyed um, the 2022 server mock draft that we ran. Uh, just doing a full 32 teams, um, full mock draft of, like, the first three rounds. Just the fact that we were able to get all those people together and actually have that work out and go off the hitch was a lot of fun. So I think that's my I think that's my answer for that. You did a great yeah. job running that. That was all that was that was a ton of fun.
3: Yeah, I had a good time uh pretending like the Bears had a plan.
1: I think your plan hey, was better than theirs. That was the closest <laughs> yeah, to a plan was... they've ever had. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Please. Yeah, honestly, I was like, man, I, I think am am I better than Ryan Poles, you know? I mean I don't know. the jury's out.
2: Possibly.
0: I, I don't remember. Did you get Velas Jones in the third?
3: No, I went for um uh Jeez, I'm so bad with remembering like rookies' names. Who's the guy with who uh the Chiefs got who's undrafted with the neck?
2: Oh, oh Justin, uh, Justin
0: Ross. Ross.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got Justin Ross, and you know that was a that was a bit of a reach, but uh yeah, uh, you know what? Um I'm glad that the Bears actually got Velas Jones, future Hall of Famer. Um watch out for his first Pro Bowl appearance this year. I'm excited for it. Does he yeah.
2: do Pro Bowls? Does yeah, the, I was gonna say. The, does the, I, I didn't know the XFL did Pro Bowls.
3: <laughs> the, just, just watch out, okay? He's gonna <laughs> be in the million dollar. It doesn't matter what league he's in, okay? Uh, NFL, Super Bowl. Uh, Fan controlled Football League, the People's Championship. Uh, the Canadian League, uh, Grey Cup. Um, it's whatever
0: it's gonna be, he's gonna be there.
3: Yeah, all he does is win.
0: I mean, the bright side is for me as a return yards enthusiast, he might actually be a rosterable player, so My, highest so. compliment we can pay. <laughs> yes, exactly. And at 25 years old already, you know he's mature. He should give a return right away for like the next two years before he retires. Sabermetrics, of course. Oh, this is a fun question, and this comes from who asked this? Did I even write down who? I didn't write down who asked this, so uh, sorry for not giving you credit, but which TDM members takes make you stop and think the most? And before you say, fuck Tom Brady, FTB, I'll get him right out of the way. He makes me think for sure.
3: I I think we also need to take Slick Fox off the table. I I know that he's like a uh, emeritus, however you pronounce that word, but uh, he can't be an answer for this. Yeah,
0: I mean, he he makes me think too hard. Um, on a serious note, whenever uh, Nick or Alb posts something, I know they actually put work into it, so they make me actually question my priors a little bit. Um, I know there are several others who also do that, but those were the two that came to mind right off the top of my head because they always post a bunch of graphs. And I, as like a smooth-brained person, I like seeing lines go up, and it makes my decision-making a lot easier.
3: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think uh, thinking about players in a different light, like positively, uh, I would go Nick for sure. I think that his process um, and, and really the way that he's been able to like articulate it um, has made me, he's probably the individual that's changed how I actually approach guys in Dynasty more so than like anybody else on the server. Because before then, I was just going all off on vibes.
0: I still do <laughs> that. I am a heavy vibe person,
3: right? Uh, so he he actually kind of opened up my my mind to the more analytics thing, and uh, Solar obviously does like a, a lot of work with that too. But um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna say Nick.
2: The, the answer that I wrote down was pretty much a combination of what the two of y'all have pretty much just said. But uh, you know, I mean, a, anyone that you can really tell has put a ton of thought and work into sort of their answers. And especially with Alvin Nick being able to, you know, sort of like having a window into seeing how their process sort of works. And so, you know, it, it's not just here's a take and that's it. You know, you sort of get to see how they got to that take, which I think is extremely helpful. Um, you know, I don't, you know, I mean, I, I'd add, um, uh, maybe not as much with the charts and stuff, but there's definitely some people. I think Scotty is one. Um, I think Zap is one who when they're really talking about uh fantasy and when I really talk about Dynasty, I can tell that they've put a lot of work into what they're trying to say and what they're trying to communicate and that's I really appreciate that.
0: On top of that, I'd also like to point out, um I like what June does with his rookie stock watch every year. I wish that uh obviously he had more faith in his own rookie stock watch, but I think it's very helpful that he compiles a lot of information about these rookies and how they're doing both like as a power ranking for, are they doing well lately versus the pedigree that they have and the draft stock and all of that, I think is very helpful for rookies. And solar, other than yourself, who do you think, uh,
1: <laughs> who do you think
0: Uh, makes you stop and think the most about fantasy
1: decisions you guys mentioned Alvin nick and they do a bunch for the analytics side certainly as i've kind of stepped back from analyzing personally um austin also does some good work there uh shout out to austin um and i actually appreciate the people who don't think like our block we tend to have kind of our, our, our models kind of use the same data and we all kind of loop back and forth so it ends up being interesting when i hear from people like chewy um Cifra sometimes will pop up with the, the film based take. Um I, I like guys. hearing I like hearing from them. Um I will show their an- analysis under the bus sometimes, but I will listen to it I do enjoy kind of hearing from the people who start with film. Um it's not my personal take, but I think it's useful to always kind of have a couple people like that and this is like for for the dynasty movement is very much a nerds kind of place um especially like the amount we shit on running backs um you know projecting receivers and doing a lot of structural and a lot of that kind of stuff so it's nice to hear from the few people we do appreciate you even if i mostly toss you under the bus and (laughs) um but we appreciate uh, how wrong you are Uh, and it's it's (laughs) interesting just because like from an analytics perspective I know how wrong I am and I know how wrong Alban and Nick are. And even though their processes are good, it's always good to like from an analytics perspective, we understand more about how wrong we can be. And if you're not that, if you're not, you're not yet there as an analyst, you're not doing yourself any favors uh, by understanding how you could be wrong. Um, so I like to think about both and kind of hear about it and hear what, you know, the rest of the community thinks and the rest of the processes think, even if that's not the way I think. So, that's that's so. I'll shout out all the film bros, shout out to my nerds, and uh, go from there. Right. Uh, um, no, so, so, Hugh, that, sorry, Pitts and Chase did not equal, just so you know. That is, you know, we're, we're that's the one can kind of take a shove under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> You're wrong, dead ass wrong. Um,
0: and then huge Hunter asked uh, all of us, how much does tm TDM pay the mods? And buddy, I will let you know right now, we get nothing, but if we get enough people to listen to this serve like to this pod, we might be able to get sponsors so that we do get paid. So uh, yeah, keep please keep tuning in, and then maybe you'll be sponsored by a thing like QuickBooks or whatever. And uh, also, boost the server. We still need two boosts so we can get back to tier three. Thanks. All right. And with that, we are going to dive right into Dynasty Topics. Um, these have mostly just been curated from you guys. Uh, if we didn't include your question, it's either because someone else already asked it or because we didn't like it. Uh, so... Or because you were and we're ignoring included.
1: that question regardless. You know, yeah, Same thing.
0: yeah, We're just going to ignore you. Um, yeah. So take a little offense if we didn't include it. Firstly... What made us get into fantasy and uh, more specifically dynasty fantasy football? This was asked by Jack. Um, I guess I'll lead us off. The first league I ever joined was a 10-man round to the nearest, like, integer ESPN redraft league for work. Um, It was in 2010. I didn't start watching football until 2011. I had no idea what was going on, so I drafted... Basi- I basically auto picked. I ended up getting like Marshawn Lynch in the fourth round, uh, and he carried my ass all the way to the finals, where I lost. It's kind of a recurring trend for me at this point.
2: But always after playing, rides,
0: man. always. Um, I never catch the you know I never catch the bouquet. But after four or five years, um, I guess I'll go back. Growing up, I played a lot of uh, the NHL, like the EA NHL games, a lot of Madden. And I always enjoyed like the dynasty leagues and the franchise leagues. And I got my home league together my redraft league and asked most of them if they wanted to do like a dynasty style league where we keep our roster year to year, not knowing there was a community at the time, I just kind of independently wanted to see how it would work. And that league is now going into its eighth season. So yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. I I'm glad obviously that it worked out the way it has and that it's a growing like version of the game where you have things like sleeper being built mostly around a dynasty. Yeah, that's, that's my whole story. That's
3: how I got here. I started playing in, uh, 2010. Uh, when I went away to college, I actually didn't watch football or anything like that. Uh, beforehand. I got into it as a way to stay in touch with some high school friends um and uh i i mostly auto drafted then i got chris Johnson. it was the season after he did two thousand yards, so he still had like a really good i had like the number one overall pick, so he still had like a really good season that year, and that was like really fun um i got into di- like i played with them all throughout college and afterwards, and then in twenty sixteen we decided to make the the jump to uh dynasty where uh that's my main home league and i won the the trophy uh in 2020 finally i'm like a perennial contender in that league but there was a pretty funny uh story when we were doing our startup draft for uh for that league where we all got together um we got a couple guys out of state um who couldn't make it but we were all gathered um in the war room. We all had our different rankings when we were doing, you know, the 28 rounds or whatever the hell it was when we started up. And uh in the third round in 2016, um, you know, you're still drafted like pretty good guys there. Uh one of the the league members, he's kind of like our league taco. He's so bad. Uh, but in the third round of that year, he drafted Doriel Green Beckham. Uh and we were, like, when he did that, we we all, like, had a moment of pause where we were like, what the hell? Like, Doriel Green Beckham was one of those, like, Reddit uh, hype guys where they were always like, look, watch out for this guy. He's going to make some noise this year. And it was, like, his third year in the league or something. So he drafted him in the third third round, and we're like, what does this guy know that we don't? And then we're, we're like, hey, man, like, why did you draft him there? Like, the, the Yahoo rankings, because we use Yahoo, uh, he's nowhere near that. And he was like, dude, that's just like what my sheet said. And it turns out he was looking at his rankings all wrong. Cause he didn't realize that he printed out, uh, his rankings double sided. So he was like looking at like page two, but it was really like page, uh, or it was like page three. And he didn't realize that it was like really page six of the rankings. And so he was saddled with Doriel green Beckham, but he's been terrible ever since. Uh, solar, what about you? You, uh, obviously
0: being with, uh, or having dynasty process, so you're kind of in deeper than a lot of us now. Uh, how'd you get here?
1: I think it's funny you say that because I don't feel like I'm in deeper than most people. I started. I picked up a. I basically saw a forum post somewhere that they were looking for someone to kind of take over a dynasty team, and I was like, I have no idea what this is, but that sounds good. Uh, I will try it because I currently play with high school, like people from a high school, and uh, was kind of crushing that, crushing it. Um, this, there are basically people who don't know, you know, they they don't know like twelve running backs, so they kind of go with their rankings kind of thing. They watch and watch, watch what happens on TV every now and then, but they don't actually follow the leagues. So I was like, okay, well, this is kind of a nice step up. It was a lot of a step up, um but it's kind of fun to have dynasties because it it started me onto using spreadsheets to track things, um and then from there, using you know spreadsheets with scripts and um, coding. So actually, you know, like I've probably said this before in kind of a longer longer form, but fantasy football is why I code. I code now for a living. So um, fantasy is awesome. As far as like being more into things because I run Dynasty Process, I surprisingly have no idea who is valued at what. So there's a lot of people kind of come, come to me like, why does your calculator say this? I actually have no idea, dude. I didn't know it said that um a lot of the time i just kind of come back and check through the rankings every now and then be like oh this is this is this is surprising me i didn't realize the market had moved so far on certain players so i tend to let it tell me what it thinks and then i tend to riff from it from there or completely ignore it or go visit other calculators and see what the rest of the markets think Um, there's some interesting stuff between calculator interplay um but i do check check in on the other other calculators every now and then to kind of see what how it's different from mine and kind of knowing how those kind of processes come together is sort of where maybe there's an edge that i would use because i'm a dynasty process but i'm not actually more into more leagues um or
2: more into fantasy than anyone else i would say
0: and last but not least uh, my boy demu is here how'd you get How? yeah how'd you get here
2: i think i started playing fantasy in 2012 you know, using the greatest fantasy client of all time, um, the Sports Illustrated Kids fantasy football client, uh, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I am pretty sure took Randy Moss, San Francisco 49ers Randy Moss in the first round. Did not go well for Randy Moss that season. You know, I think uh, my, my dad was huge in the fantasy sports. Uh, he was like one of those fantasy baseball USA Today, sort of New York rotisserie people. So we're playing like the OG stuff. And so, I mean, once I sort of got old enough, he really got me into it. And, you know, using a lot of Excel and a lot of spreadsheet calculation to manage stuff. And then, you know, I mean, through middle school through high school, just always, you know, had a few fantasy leagues going with friends. Uh, And then I think when I was in I think 2019 or so, maybe 2018, before 2019 season... You know, I've been doing a little bit of more online fantasy, um, and one of the fantasy leagues I was in that ran out of a forum like its own website for a while migrated to Discord. Um, And in that Discord, you know, I I joined. um, There's a few invites, and this turned out to be for dynasty leagues, and that ended up being. Uh, a little bit of a group that got together that um, Steph, the TDM member, invited me to. That included uh, Risen Mall, included Cam for all the uh, TDM mafia people out there. And that sort of grew into sort of my first experience with Dynasty. And then, you know, obviously I obviously got a bit hooked into it, got very addicted to it at the time. Uh, ended up sort of coming over to tdm from that and you know then you know i mean then sort of just history you know it's tough for me to play redraft now
3: redraft just doesn't feel the same anymore
2: right yeah it, 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 it does not
3: it really is like yeah it really is like mainlining hard drugs and trying to go back to something softer like every time i do a redraft league i just don't take it seriously you know doesn't hit the same highs as dynasty
0: it's like oh this only lasts a year who cares if it sucks
3: Right, yeah, it it's almost... I just feel like I I do a bunch of, like, crazy dart throws, and I usually end up outsmarting myself in redraft leagues because you don't... Re- like, you have to do those things in Dynasty, but you you don't really do that in Redraft as much.
1: One of the things I found with Redrafts now is that um, I have a very, like... I, 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 I stop... Like, when I know that... That league is done for me. Like when when I'm out in a redraft league, I find it impossible to make trades because I just don't care anymore. So like, there's no incentive to make trades, and everyone's like, "Oh, you should make a trade." Like you know, do this, do that. Like I actually can't make trades in redraft. I tend to treat them like best ball. Like I draft the team, yeah. I do waivers, but I don't think about the team after I'm out, and I don't like think about ways to trade and like make that happen because it really doesn't work right like there's no there's not enough incentive
0: playoffs there yeah there's exactly there's no incentive at all to play anymore um
1: yeah i find that really tricky so like
0: okay i have derrick henry but i'm eliminated and what incentive do i have to trade derrick
1: henry to someone else right and then you start into like collusion level stuff where it's like okay like i'll let you have him, but you need to give me x cut of this pot it's like okay like you know that's 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 not happening right so Mm -hmm. like Without that sort of incentive, it's like, well, why bother? And so, you know, I treat them I, I I do a lot of best ball type stuff every now and then. Um, you know, I'm in leagues that I try to pick our best ball because otherwise I know I'm gonna stop being interested. And then when I'm when I'm when I'm no longer interested, I am like out of that league entirely. All right. And now
0: let's get into one of my hobbies, uh, which is being wrong. Who is your twenty twenty two flag? Like rookie flag plant, and uh, while we're at it, also your rookie fried take. This is a combination topic uh, proposed to us by both Nick and Adam. Uh, so shout out to those guys for bringing it up. I'm gonna
3: start right now.
1: Uh, Remind me what we're saying. Before we get started, what is rookie fried take?
3: Uh, a fried take is it's like not something that's hot, right? It's just kind of general it's consensus an, that you agree with.
0: It's you're outside. It's outside of your. Like most people's comfort zone of a take, but people could see your line of reasoning for why you would think that okay, um, so like my... I'll give you my I'll give you my rookie fried take. um, and you can kind of go from there. My rookie fried take is that I think Jahan Dotson is every bit as good as any other first round wide receiver taken this year, and it is not a bad decision, I guess, if someone wanted to take him like fourth overall. um, Ooh, fourth overall. I, yeah, I think he is every bit as good as a guy like Drake London or Trey Burks or anything like that. Um, he played just as much press, like played against just as much press as anybody else. Um, his size worries at being like 5'11", I think are very overblown. Uh, he is a very crisp root runner. He has great hands. Uh, he just continually progressed throughout college. He has great draft capital, and he should be a top two wide receiver on his team. I don't really see any negatives to him, um, other than the fact that he's 5'11",
3: 190 or something like that. I think a pretty big uh, ding against him is that he's with Carson Wentz.
0: Yeah, but again, Carson Wentz has thrown for over 4,000 yards most seasons that he's been a starter, and I think that's plenty to support two wide receivers. And there's not really a whole lot of targets in Washington outside of Terry that really scare me. So, yeah, I think Dotson is a great get at his ADP. And I don't think outside of, I guess, like. Brees Hall and uh, Drake London, like those guys, I don't think there's really any way to reach on him right now. He's is 16th that also over... your flag point? Uh He's I have three flag plants and he is like my mid tier flag plant. Um, I think he is a phenomenal get at adp i don't really think it's possible to reach on him right now other than like the top two or three picks um so the fact that he's going somewhere in like that eight to eleven range right now is an incredible value as far as my other two flag plants right at the top is Brees hall i know it's not really a hot take uh for him going number one overall but a lot of people have been talking about how rough this draft is But if you look at both his athletic production, like uh, his pedigree, I guess, you know, his RAS, stuff like that, Uh, the production he had in college, um, where he's landed, his draft capital. I don't think he's any worse of a prospect than guys like Jonathan Taylor. Uh, He was, what, 36th overall pick. He was right in that same range, Uh, basically the same build. His only competition is a third-down receiving back, and Michael Carter, which is the same kind of situation that Jonathan Taylor had to go in through with Najee Hines. Um, I think he's going to be a stone cold killer.
3: Is P Ryan still on that team? <laughs> I
0: don't think so. But I'm <laughs> scared if he is.
3: <laughs> I'm I'm going to look up if LeMichael P Ryan is still on the Jets. Because if he is, watch out for that third-year breakout, that vaunted third-year breakout.
0: We all know that running backs don't start hot.
3: Right. Uh, um, and then my third one, which... On the Jets still. Oh shit. Yeah, lo- well, look out. Well, scrap,
0: scrap that. He's toast. Sorry. Sorry, Hall. He's trying to bat for you. And then my third guy, he is currently going in the fourth round right now. Um, A lot of this is coming from my background as a return yards guy also. But I think he will have some value is Trestan Ebner for the Bears sixth round pick he checks off pretty much every single box that Tariq Cohen had with the Bears except he's a little bit bigger a little bit more athletic um I think we all remember when Demont got into the league we were all a little frustrated with his usage because Tariq Cohen was getting almost all the receiving work in third downs and I think Ebner could kind of carve out that same kind of role as someone who gets you know five to six targets a game and Gets a lot of the kick and punt returns and is still getting maybe, you know, 10, 11 touches a game as someone you're getting in the fourth round who you can plop into a flex for free. So th- those are my guys. Um, There's obviously some more. I have a ton of picks in this draft. I think this draft is a little better than people give it credit for, uh, especially a wide receiver. That's all I'm going to get into for the sake of everyone having to listen to me for so long. I
3: don't... I don't really know this class is a weird one. Cause I was kind of pretty checked out about it. Like, I, I think that it's a strong, I, I agree in that it's a stronger class than like a lot of people are giving it credit for, but it just doesn't really inspire like a lot of excitement form for me. Like uh, inevitably some guys are going to emerge, but I, I do just kind of feel like at this moment, next year's class is just going to completely eclipse it. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: I do think, I think that's just a big issue. Is it's just being overshadowed by what's expected to be a generational class,
3: right? Well, it's kind of sandwiched in between. Like you know, last year's class was like we we've just had a pretty good run of of classes, and this is kind of like the the inevitable down year that that's going to happen. Flag plants, I I don't know. I kind of agree on the dot. Like I, I like Dotson a lot, and I was bummed that I couldn't get him. <laughs> I don't know. I'm all in on velas Jones. I'm going yeah. <laughs> to I I'm going to will that into into happening, all right? You know, there's going to be a lot of garbage time. Justin Fields has to throw it to somebody. Like, let's fucking go. Veles goddamn Jones. Uh another guy that I really like, um, you know, I I really like uh Likely on on the Ravens. I think that he's going to be a he he's like a tight end sleeper to to look out for that you can get in the late rounds. Like the Ravens are quietly a QB or not a QB uh, tight end factory. Um, shouts out Hayden Hurst. I, I I think that likely could be a guy in, in like a year or two that, that does a lot of damage behind uh, Mark Andrews. And we might run like a lot of two tight end sets um, and utilize him. Uh, so maybe he even emerges this year. We'll see. Um, but I don't really have that many, that many takes that are like outside of the consensus this year. And, it, and as somebody who goes off of vibes, like there's really just not a whole lot for me to contribute. Well, and that's a good point too, about the Ravens and, uh,
0: what a lot, I don't know. I don't think that a lot of people are overlooking the fact that, uh, their top wide receivers right now are all pro Devin duverday and future bust Rashad Bateman. Um. So they're going to have to throw to their tight ends a lot. So their duo of rookies or trio, I don't even remember how many tight ends they drafted. It was like a thousand. Um, I think
3: we got two uh, two tight I ends. I know Charlie Kohler was one of them too.
0: Um, But they should get way more chances than a typical rookie wide tight end should be able to get. And so, yeah, I see where you're coming from there. Solar, who's your guy? Or genius, either of you, just interrupt each other. Just get after it.
1: Uh, Okay, so I agree. Uh, to be honest, I spent like very little time in Devi. Everyone says 23 is the best class since sliced bread. I kind of don't know how much better this class could be aside from like quarter packs. Like people are super into like 23, and I'm really not sure that I would punt so heavily into the future i've seen like massive builds trying to hoard this and you know punt i think he, he, he just showed me a draft where he like spent like all 10 of his startup picks on future future drafts or something like his first 10 or whatever so he's got Deshaun Watson, and, like nothing else and no, it's well, like this thing fucking sucks man take some chances today why the frick are you waiting till whatever right how there are 13 Receivers that went in the top sixty-four this year, just take like a buttload of them. Whichever ones hit, sell next year, right? Like, there's, 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 there's like no time value. Of, like, it's like time value of money has completely evaporated out the window. And so, it's like, just take chances today and not two or three years from now. Why the hell are we waiting till then, right? So, like this year, there's like a bunch of like third-round running backs that are like pretty cheap. Brian Robinson, TDP, you know. That that class of player, there's like all sorts of second round second round receivers you can still get in the third round. Like I'll I'll t- I'll hold my nose and take Tyquan Thornton and whatever else. Jalen Tolbert's a day three receiver you can get in like the third round. Whatever it is, right? There's a whole bunch of these guys, and I just I'm just taking all of them, right? Like I'll take my chances on the late quarterbacks too. Like even like Ritter and Willis and whatever. In Superflex, if you can get, like, a quarterback prospect in, like, the third round, I'm all over it. I don't, I'm fine with that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, flight plant guys, let's see. I had Mechie for a bit. Uh, Wandale, I notably took, like, 202 in one league. Um, so, I'm, I'll go out for that. Um, as far as, like, the top guys, I, I have the top seven pretty flat. So, I end up picking whoever I like, whoever comes out at the back end of that. Um, and sometimes it's like Sky Moore, just to kind of be interesting and take it take him over ja williams. i'll I'll take any of those really. Um, but yeah, i'm I'm in on this class. I also notably traded Brees Hall or traded j t. for Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker and a future second, I think, just because I'm, you know, trying to be in on this class. It's, it was a best ball league with a lot of depth kind of value. so. I need my chances. So I'm taking, I'm taking it. I'll, I shipped out JT for two rookies in this class. Um, and you know, it's the sort of process bets that I'm trying to make this year with people being surprisingly down on this year's class. And what I think is overvaluing next year's class.
3: I think that there is like a lot of opportunity for like, it's going to be league dependent. Like if everybody in your league is out on this year then yeah i absolutely agree that like especially if like you're in a rebuild i feel like like this year in particular was a good opportunity to kind of turn things around and get in where everybody's trying to get out for sure
1: yeah i mean it's so weird because like context independent it's a completely average class or a really good receiver class if you look at draft capital, right? Like, everyone's like, oh, I hate this, I hate that, the other thing. I'm so attached to pre-draft priors, looking over into, like, other, you know, grasses green on the other side, and it's like, just take your chances now. That's that's really where I'm at with this whole class, which is a medium-fried take. It's not, I'm not the only one who thinks this, I think. Um,
0: I think both, yeah. uh, both of us who have already gone into this topic have kind of been right on that spot And News, who's your guy other than Khalil Shakir?
2: (laughs) So, well, so uh, for the flag plant, the first name I thought of was like, look, if you can get a starting tight end in the fifth, that's great. And so I was going to go Daniel Bellinger. And then I went on Pro Football Reference, and I looked up every single day two or three tight end, that then went to start their rookie season for at least half the season. And that list is so rough and so abysmally awful that I immediately abandoned Bellinger. Um, and so okay. instead, I think when I was looking at it, you know, I, th- I think that there's two wide receivers that you can get in the late third of rookie drafts that I just like a lot. One is Khalil Shakir, obviously. There we know. go. I don't Whoa. know. If it- your guy, uh, you know, clear Shakir fits every single sort of demographic that Sean McDermott and he builds offense looks for in a wide receiver. Um, he is a route running specialist, and in the in the camp, his routes are absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, he has sort of like that sticky hands kind of deal. Like, I remember when Isaiah Hodgins was drafted, his big sort of plus was that if you threw the ball anywhere inside his vicinity, he would catch it. And Shakir has that. Like some of the sort of body moves that clear Shakir has as a rookie to go out and get what should be uncatchable balls are just fantastic. And I think with Shakir is that um, initially when he was drafted and after Crowder was signed, I was like, okay, you know, he's going to be the slot three on the season he is going to, you know, like he's sort of buried on his depth chart a bit. Um, and at this point, I honestly think Khalil Shakira might be the Bills' third outside wide receiver. Um, they are using him a lot in the outside. He's at least competing with Crowder for that. Um, and if something happens, God forbid, to Stephon Diggs or Gabe Davis, it honestly could be Khalil Shakira that's seen a lot of that work as like, at least an upside guy. Um, and then my other flag plant was just that, um, you know, I know he's out for the season, but if you're willing to hold him, I think he, I know he had a meh college profile, but if you're willing to hold John Mechie, you can get him in the late third, second round wide receiver, who was early declare. I, just, I think that's a really good bet. Um,
1: even cheaper than that now, probably.
2: Yeah. Maybe even be cheaper than that. I, I just, I, th- I think that you can get Mechie for free now in rookie drafts and compared yeah. to some of the other people and someone really falls like uh TDP or a wandale. I just I think that compared to some of those other people that you're grabbing in those areas, that he's probably the best person you can get. Uh, I might have gone too spicy for my fried take. Uh, I, I abandoned logic and just decided to have fun with it. Um, and that is that I think I am open to the idea that Jameson Williams is going to be put on the unable to perform list. So he does not come back into week five. And then goes out and is the 2022 rookie wide receiver one and wide receiver two. I, I just I love what he brings. He brings and he just brings a completely unique dynamic to that Lions offense. And it's not you know we make fun of Jared Goff. It's not you know Jared Goff is being very capable of producing multiple thousand yard wide receivers. Uh, I think people are sort of selling him short based on the terrible outside of Amara supporting cast that he had with the swift and the hawk injuries last year uh and i think that when he comes back and when he's healthy jameson williams could just be an elite downfield weapon So sort of in a vacuum i think he has the ability to be one of the league's best deep ball receivers and that, that could really show out in uh this coming season so yeah so those those are my takes
3: I, I agree with you on Jared Goff. I feel like people have gone I, I mean I think we had like a very storied discussion going into last year about like where he falls on the Dalton line and everything. But I feel like people have uh even still given how mediocre last year was, um I, I think that they're they're too short on him. And and especially like after watching hard knocks this week, like I'm ready to run through a wall for Dan Campbell. Um I like that take. That's a good fried take. Yeah, and as
0: as someone who has to watch Jared, like uh, Jared Goff, every week, um, I think the Dalton line has become like has become the Jared Goff line. But that still means that I think he deserves to be a starting quarterback in the league. Um, I don't think he's necessarily an inspiring one, but I think he's good enough where if you have a good team around him, he can do what you need him to do. Uh, is justified by him appearing in a Super Bowl. He's someone that you can pretty much pencil in for 3,500-plus yards, and he's physically a great quarterback. Uh, obviously, his reads at the line and stuff like that hamper his decision-making, but he can make the throws. Uh, so I do think Jameson Williams could have a fantastic year downfield if... I mean, you don't have to be the greatest quarterback in the world to huck it downfield to an open guy. Um... So if Jameson's getting that kind of separation, I think he's going to have a great year. On the other side, who are your flag plants that uh, haven't worked out? This has been asked by Josh. You guys already know mine. If you've been around. My boy, Zach Moss. I thought, I just didn't think Singletary had the juice. And I thought Moss did. And I'm sorry if I costed you some leagues. Not really. I mean, you listen You're to me. You're really not. Yeah, you listen to me. I'm, you deserve not... it. If
1: you if you lost leagues because of Byrne and Zach Moss, yeah. you deserve it. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'll just put that out there, too. It's yeah, like, come it... on, man. I mean,
0: Darius Slayton's <laughs> up there, but at least he had a good rookie year. Um, I, The only reason I flag-planted him in the first place is because I thought it was funny that his name was, like, Darius Slay if he was, like, wearing, like, you know, the big nose, like, glasses and the fake mustache. Um, But, Yikes. yeah, Zach Zach Moss is my big miss. I I had a lot of shares of Zach Moss. I thought he was gonna be the Buffalo Bills wider or running back one. I didn't think he was gonna be like a league winner kind of guy, but I thought at his price he was gonna be a good value, and now he is a cut candidate for most of my rosters. Who
3: would have thought that the guy named Burn could burn you? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, Zach Zach but... Moss is also my pick for this question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I truly, well, it's not just that it was, it it wasn't even just like it was like an unproven thing. Zach Moss was, until he got his knee injury in the uh, 2020 Bills Colts wildcard game, Zach Moss was the Bills starting running back. And I really bought into that so much. I had so many shares. I think I just cut I think I just cut Zach Moss in the league to replace him with, um, Chris Evans. Oof. And it hurts. It really hurts. Uh, I mean, I haven't abandoned him fully. Uh, I forget what shit. I think he's going to be a Brian Robinson, Jr. Guy this year, maybe a bit less attempts. Um, but Zach Moss just really hurt me. I,
3: i'm sorry man (laughs) buddy so yeah it sounds like
0: if you need to talk about it meet me in the confession yeah yeah we'll be in
1: confession fed after damn (laughs) uh honestly i think my biggest like everyone knows that i mean the canadian guys and i'm kind of disappointed with claypool where he's at i feel like he should have been better by now i think the jury's still out on palmer he's basically you kind of, yeah, Dimas, you did sound sad. You kind of cut off like you were crying. That's kind of funny. That's kind of funny. I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, you muted it. You hit the mute button, like, well, as well, little tours well, cracked. And then, like, you hit the mute button, and it was like, oh, uh, shit.
2: <laughs> no, I, okay, I, I'm trying to, like, uh, preemptively mute myself a bit just because I don't want any uh, anyone else's, like, to have, like, any echo effects. No, I, I definitely <laughs> am very emotionally invested into the Eagles offense. Um, I am not emotionally invested into Sack <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's hard uh, to stand Chase Claypool, to be honest. So just going back to where I was at, it's like, it's hard because I generally don't stand like idiot players and he's kind of proving himself to be that way, It's really <laughs> unfortunate. But he uh, and Palmer are, all, are, I think, my most notable flight plants. Gibson's another one. He's also not great. I think it, it's, yeah. Flight planting is just generally just pick a guy for fun kind of thing. Um, and it kind of shows.
3: Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, I had, I honestly had so many last year, my two, the, the two ones that hurt the most for sure were both, uh, I'm sure this isn't going to surprise anybody, but Corey Davis and Kenny Galladay last year going in, I was so hyped for both of them and both of them pretty much did nothing and their ADP plummeted and, uh, I don't know. I'm just sad. I, I hope that Kenny Galladay bounces back because, you know, he's a Northern Illinois boy, just like myself. Um, but yeah, those are two guys that I just kind of don't really know what to do with anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, on the bright side, you can add Velas Jones to the mix at some point.
3: next. Year. No, he's the prince who is promised. <laughs> he's everything that I thought they would be and more. Just you wait.
1: So uh, he's basically a worse Van Jefferson. You know this, right? Hey,
3: Van Jefferson rocks.
1: He's uh, a great... you, guys, you guys deserve each other, just so you know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Where where is Van Jefferson these days? Is he still? On, on the, the IR. End? I think.
2: Injured, yeah.
3: Mm, okay. Yeah, he's he's still
0: hanging out in LA with his ring. You know?
2: Just means doing that's too... Van
0: Jefferson thinks. I think he injured his finger by carrying all those fucking rocks. What hill will you guys die on? In relation to dynasty. Uh you guys all know mine. Uh yards are yards. If uh a punter kicks a ball, and a running back, let's say, Treston Ebner, catches it, and Fair catches it. And then on the next play, he takes it to the house. I think that he should get the same points as if he just returned the punt to the house. Add return yards to your leagues. It's unacceptable that they're not everywhere at this point. And on that same note, tight ends are people, too. Set, it up, set up your leagues so that tight ends matter. Uh. Those, those are my hills I'll die on. All my leagues are at least tight end premium in return yards. Uh, two the tight reasons ends. reason's
1: why I possible. will never play in a burn league. <laughs> Hell
0: yeah. Two tight ends if possible. One of them has three.
3: Oh, God. I, 20 people. I, yeah,
1: these sound terrible. I'm sorry. I've <laughs> no, never joined one of your leagues. It's great. <laughs> Jeepers. I,
3: I, can, I can hear uh, you spinning around in your chair. Yeah. <laughs> at, at the prospect of a three tight end league.
1: Oh, I'm spinning all over the place oh, right that now. Sounds, that sounds awful what flight plants will I die on um I would probably so I think I still think that the I still think that there's a good process involved in terms of selling all player all rookies after their rookie season immediately sell them for a new rookie and draft picks and I think that's still kind of a theory that I'm trying to work out and trying to st- trying to use um just because I don't think it's caught on yet and that I think there's a massive drop-off potential um, after the second year if they don't end up panning out. Um, I definitely don't want to be the person holding Judy at the moment. I don't want to be the person holding, I don't know, like even like Bateman. Like I like Bateman a lot. I liked him a lot as a prospect, but there's a lot of hope involved in what he could be. And if you can pivot off of that into, I don't know, Garrett Wilson, Drake London type person, you should do so. And I think when
3: that... You say rookie, do you mean like someone else from the class or like So like, like tra- pivot
1: act a whole class year after the season. So like in February, or March or April or May, trade like your 2021 class to 2022 for whatever they're worth at that time. So it's like yeah, trade
0: Bateman for London plus and then next year trade London for
1: yeah, constantly. Like constantly bet on rookies.
0: End, which yeah. That's if London goes off, you know, 11, 1200 yards and looks to be the even, if or... even if he doesn't,
1: even if he doesn't, I think it's easier to cut. It's it. Yeah, just immediately start trying to cut bait on all your rookies immediately. Because people are generally excited about those guys. Mm-hmm. And so there's a bunch of, like, upside value that they don't have the following year if they suck. So, like, Judy has, like, a ton of downside value right now. Um, that he, because he hasn't panned out to be what he should be. Or should have been as a rookie. And so, look, you, if you had exited uh, early, those, those are the kinds of strategy things that I tend to think about.
2: Uh, I was going to say, looking look at all my Terrence Marshall shares right now, well, what, what happens though in that strategy when people just outright refuse to trade for your rookie?
1: Exit early. If it's a second round pick or a third round pick, I'm out. Yeah. I'm still out for it. I mean, would you love to, ter- would you love, like, if you had tr- today, you probably won't manage it. But if you could have traded for a third, that could be like a Jalen Tolbert. Sure. And I would those those chances are similar, but if you think that they have the same like production outcome, like next year, like Jalen Tolbert versus Terrace Marshall's, Jalen Tolbert's probably actually better. But if they were the same, and they both you know shit the bed, you can keep punting that until one of them hit basically. Whereas if you hold on and Terrace Marshall's again shit, you got you're literally cutting him. There's no value to be found. So that's that's a strategy that I'm continuing to workshop and continuing to use as my overall flight plan. That um, it's fairly valid. I oh. I don't pull the trigger and I don't sell below value, but I think it's something that's
3: that's pretty. This uh, this wasn't a flag plant. This was a hill that we're dying on. That's the same thing. <laughs> I know. So it's, it's a strategy <laughs> hill. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I think
0: before we move on, though, I do want to uh, just give a shout-out to Maniac for bringing up this topic. I forgot to mention it when we started. Uh,
3: I think my hill that I'll die on is that you should uh, not have any fab after, like, week three or four. Oh, that's yeah. an
1: interesting one. That's a good one. I,
3: I, I think that uh, spending all your fab early... Oh, well, okay, I th- I think that there's two different ways that you should go about spending your fab. I think that you should either be the guy who blows all your fab in week one or week two and uh, be kind of jump the gun on a couple guys um, and just kind of hope that one of them pans out or hold on to all your fab until like week, like, I don't know, like week eight or something and kind of scoop up uh, the guys from everybody else who is doing that. Uh, but for the most part, I usually approach my dynasty leagues by just spending all the fab early, getting any backup quarterbacks that are somehow still on the wire, or uh, taking a chance on you know maybe some of the rookies that were cut before uh, uh, the season starts to make room for um, for rosters and things like that. But just being like uh, super quick to react to any like free agents. I don't really see any point in like bidding, you know, ten, fifteen percent on guys that you really want in the opening weeks because,, um, like you're really not going to be spending your fab in those kind of increments throughout the season. So bet big on the guys you want
1: i that definitely lines up with my experiences on spending fab, too, in terms of like, The guys who are going to be like Raheem Mostert or whatever, or Elijah Mitchell, those are the guys that you can get in week one and two, and then the ceiling is just so much lower after that. Like, they're the guys who don't earn it right away, I think.
3: Right. There might be, like, a guy, like, kind of going into the playoffs that you can get, and, like, you better be the guy who still has, you know, 80% of your fab then, but I'd rather take those bets at the beginning of the season than kind of wait around to see who can emerge.
0: Well, I feel like uh a lot of the guys that are worth having long term break out early. Whereas the guys that break out late are because of injuries and stuff like that where they happen to get an opportunity, but then they're going to have that competition from the guys starting over them late.
3: Right. And I um, I think those guys that like do emerge later on are like are the kind of guys like anybody who's sitting there that that you can get in like week 8, you can scoop up basically for free at other points in the season if you're super savvy and paying attention um but you're not going to be able to go back and scoop up those guys that were you know rostered in the beginning of the season
0: and Demus, you can unmute yourself for a second here we won't uh we won't copy here but uh but uh, uh, what do you
2: got uh i don't have anything too long you know i just uh i'm pretty big on you know best ball for dynasty. Mm. Um, you know, just best ball setup, uh, allowing waivers and trades. Um, but I just, for, for one thing, the r- setting rosters is annoying. I think that's an annoying and not the most fun experience. Um, but also I feel like that's, I, I feel like best ball removes an element that I think is more lean to luck from the, uh, just from the dynasty experience. And that's with, um, sort of setting rosters. And I think it just focuses much more on your ability to draft players. And so, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I stand it. I, I, I love dynasty best ball. I, I probably won't try to do another normal dynasty league again for a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's sort of where I sort of stand on that.
0: All right. We are, uh, running close to the end here. Let's, uh, wrap through these last ones here. This one is from Nick again. uh, what do you think your edges in fantasy, and uh, what gaps do you feel that you have uh, in your fantasy game that you have to fill? For me, I don't really react to the news, um, so I tend to not stumble into to a lot of those overreaction trades. Um, this also causes a gap in my game where I miss out on a lot of breakouts. But in general, I just like to zig when other people zag. Uh, zero RB has become a very big thing, so I now have a ton of running backs. Um. I just try to grab value where I can.
3: I think uh, my edge (laughs) is like, I I mean, I'm not kidding when I say that I'm mostly just on like a vibes kind of guy. I remember in 2016, when, when we started my league, I saw one game. It might've been a preseason game or it might've been a regular season game where uh, undrafted rookie Robbie Anderson caught one ball and I was like, that was a sick catch. So at, like, 3 in the morning, I, like, searched his name. This was before I was part of the server, and, like, Dynasty was far less popular then. But I found one article that was uh, at, like, 3 in the morning that said Robbie Anderson could be a thing. So I scooped him up for free, and he became a guy. And I I just, like, I tend to get good vibes or... or uh I tend to get like vibes on players that usually end up being true, even though my process is absolutely shit and non-existent. Like after was it Juju's rookie year where he had the 1500 yards?
0: Um, yes, I think it was a sophomore year.
3: Was it a sophomore year? Anyways, he was like a super, you know, young, really young receiver that had broken out, obviously, and I looked at him, and I was just like, I just, I don't think that he's gonna be a thing. And I never had any shares of Juju, but like that, that vibe ended up panning out. I thought the same thing with Wentz after his MVP campaign. Um, I, you know, <laughs> I really don't like Wentz, and I think it's fun to be about that. But I, I just had those vibes about him. Um, trying to think about anybody else who like I had it for. I traded Brandon Cooks like when he had his peak season for one pick that turned out to be Christian McCaffrey, which ended up getting me a championship. Um, I don't know, just stuff like that. Uh, I think my vibes are my edge. Uh, the gaps are obviously anything that is fundamentally sound. <laughs>
2: Fair enough. Uh, I, I'm a perfect vibe guy too, honestly. Um, I think, I, I think my. My main edge is extremely specific in that I think I know more about what's going on with the Bills than most people.
3: I would agree with that.
2: And That led to me owning a lot of Emmanuel Sanders last year, which worked out for a few weeks, I guess.
0: Yeah, Uh, I'm starting to know a lot more about the Bills than most people, too, because of you.
2: That's led me to own a lot of Devin Singletary this year. That's led me to own a massive amount of Isaiah McKenzie this year. But I think in a more general sense as well, I, I think the best edge that I have that's not specific is just resource allocation. And I think part of that is being having TDM as a resource and having a lot of people to talk to as a resource just because I think it's made a massive difference in how I play fantasy in how I sort of understand different players, just being able to talk out what I'm thinking with other people who are also sort of like minded or also sort of know a lot about Dynasty, I think that's a pretty big help. Uh, I, I, this might not be a specific answer to the question, this might be more of like, a, What do you do at worst at fantasy? Um, but I'm I think I'm extremely risk averse. Um, I think that's something that sort of carries a bit from who I am as a person and just really gets magnified in in Dynasty. But I tend to not pull trades when I probably should. Um, and I think that sort of burned me before is really just not buying on people I should or even people I have good vibes about. Just because I didn't want to take the uh, chance of losing out. Absolutely. Solo, let's wrap this one up here. and. Uh in the last couple
1: topics yeah edges are an interesting topic always and i think i think as i it's my edge has changed as i play dynasty right and like at one point i was super into like okay like how is this team constructed and how does this owner's tendencies and you know do they tend to like, you know, I used to play against people, right? Um, and I, I think as I got into more leagues, I kind of switched to players. Um, what kind of players I thought would do really well. What kind of pros, like when kind of those types go well. And now I think my edge is a lot more like synthesizing information in a way. That, like I pick up more, like, you know, knowing how to weight everything that comes in. Because a lot of people are doing the research now that you don't need to be, you know, doing your own to get ahead, I don't think. And so a lot of the time it's like, how do you wait this information that comes in? PFF, you know, really likes these players as prospects. Um, you know, Alvin, Nick, are really like these guys as analysts. The, you know, just kind of grabbing all of that information. You know, there's Twitter, there's rankings, just kind of understanding how to put all that together, um, I think is where the edge kind of happens now. Um, and knowing to wait, knowing how to wait, you know, new information as it comes in. Um, is something that I think a lot about. Um, between that and then, from like a redraft perspective, I, I've been experimenting a lot with structural drafting, um, hero RB, understanding value pockets, things like that. Um, kind of being more in that in that realm rather than kind of understanding, you know, which player is going to win. Well, there's a whole subset of players. It doesn't really matter which one you get as long as you get one of this type or that type or the other type. And I think that's where I play now um which means i'm also like on the flip side what gaps does that have i think that's where um you know i'm more plug- trying to be more plugged into news and so i'm like more likely to respond or react than in past years where i was doing my own research had my own takes um being more of a synthesizer means that like if you're wrong you're like you could be really wrong kind of thing um so you know, there's 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 good and bad to kind of absorbing other people's takes. Let's put it
0: that way, what player is widely regarded as being valuable that you are not buying into, and why? For me, this is two players I have been um, coming after Adam quite a bit today. Apparently, I apologize for my next take. Mine are Jalen Hurts and Trey Lance. Um. I know they are both worth quite a lot right now. Uh, They're both difficult to get, generally speaking. My worry with both of them isn't how many points they will score in fantasy, but how long they can maintain their jobs. Um, a lot of uh, a part of you know being a starting quarterback is winning games. And while I think Hertz has already proven that he can do that, um, once teams kind of find out, how they operate if they can't pass the ball at an efficient level to make up for, or at least, you know, compensate with their running. Um, I'm not so certain that they can hang on for a while and they're both being priced like franchise quarterbacks. Um, So until I can see them pass in a way that they can have an effective air attack, I'm not buying in on them at all.
3: I would agree with both of those. I think mine in order to spice things up a bit, um, I've been a noted hater for a while, but uh, I'm still out on Najee Harris. <laughs> Adam, we, we
0: love you. I swear to God.
3: Um, I I'm, I'm out on him. I think that he's fool's gold. Uh, not really digging it. Um, he's the vibe that, uh, that I'm not feeling.
2: Yeah. I had a few, uh, Terry Lance was one of mine. Um, I just. You know, I d I, I don't want to go over anything that was just said, but I just I can't really buy into a quarterback at that high of an ADP with that little reps, both in the NFL and in college. I just I really don't know what to think of Lance and I just I feel like he's just a bit too much of a risk for me. Um hey, guess, circling back. I guess the, the other two, um not I, I guess maybe not going as much of the question as in they're not Super highly valuable guys, but guys I think that are maybe I don't like as much as other people around their ADP. Um, Bateman, I love Bateman as a player. Um, I'm just, I know I talked about it before in the server, his situation is just really worrisome to me. He's being drafted wide receiver 21 right now. Lamar Jackson has never produced a wide receiver higher than 22 last year. And that's when they threw two hundred to one hundred and fifty more passes than these than the Ravens have ever thrown in a year with Lamar Jackson as starter. Um, I just I think that their optimal offense does not allow their number two target to really be a let's say like a wide receiver one, a wide receiver two, consistently. Um, and maybe that changes if of, of Bateman looks like becomes like this absolute dominator, a wide receiver. But I just I feel like that offense is really going against him. Well, and that's in terms just
0: of, a shame. is uh, You know, with all-pro Devin Duvernay there, you could just keep yeah.
2: down on that. Oh, you got, you got to watch out for Talon Wallace. <laughs> um, and just real quick, just in terms of another person's offense, I think it's going against them. I also have Elijah Mitchell on this list.
3: I'm out on him, too. I would agree with that.
2: Uh, you know, he's got injury. 1st He's got injury issues. Then, you know, he's got two complete zeros in things that I like to sort of look at in running backs, and that's that he is just not a pass catcher at all. He got 19 targets, sorry, he got 20 targets, and he ended up catching 19 of those 20 targets, and that's pretty much because all of them were lobs behind the line of scrimmage. Um, but you just talk about a guy who has zero pass catching usage and I didn't know this, but, you know, because San Francisco, they scored a good amount um, last year in terms of touchdowns, uh, but they had the sixth least red zone visits last year as an offense. Uh, and I think part of that was that Elijah Mitchell for a running back one, like, was he a running back one last year? I think it was. I, Maybe a I high honestly run. I don't team. know. But someone that's been drafted as like a running back too. Um, he was thirty six in red zone rushes last year, which is god awful. Um, so just talk about someone who got zero red zone usage, zero pass catching usage, um, and I just I don't know if that offense is that much better with Lance versus Jimmy G that that red zone usage is going to change. Uh, obviously, you know San Francisco. I think since Shanahan has been a head coach, they have not had a running back, either running back, one in back-to-back seasons. And I just feel like whether it's Davis Price or whether it's Jeff Wilson, that that streak could just continue. So I I'm, I,
3: I'm... I absolutely agree. I think a good like rule of thumb for them is like whatever running back on their team is like free get them because <laughs> their their value is almost like it's almost almost assuredly go gonna gonna rise whoever's right. at the top sell them whoever's at the bottom get them and like i I think the narrative is overblown of just like how mysterious they are with their running backs, but like historically that seems to be proven true under shanahan and i doubt that's not going to change this year
0: <laughs> um and to answer your question last season in half point ppr elijah mitchell was 24th among running backs but 12th in per game scoring
2: right yeah that makes sense because yeah, you it's know I mean, that's just, like, it's just an everybody eats offense you know jeff wilson is going to have a game or two where he just balls out you know i'm sure we're going to see a Jamichael hasty game well of course um, but it's, you know, it's just, it, it's not, cons- it's, 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 a running back offense that does not reward consistency and Mitchell's injuries, I think just really, really compound that. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm just not buying them.
0: As we uh, segue here into our absolute last topics, I do like how Trey Sermon never came up. Um, <laughs> and this one was asked by Yeet. What is the best trade you've ever made and the worst? For me, last year, I traded Clyde Edwards-Alaire for two late first-round picks. One was ended up being the champion pick, 14th overall, and one is going to be a first-rounder next year, which should also be late. That is tied with, in the deep league, which is a league that doesn't really matter. Silver's not in here, this poor guy. I uh, traded Paris Campbell and Darius Slayton to him for Deontay Johnson in a second-round pick, which ended up being Antonio Gibson. On the flip yeah. side, <laughs> Super
3: inspiring trade
0: right there. Yeah, poor guy. He uh, gave up two first-round picks, basically, for guys that don't even play for him. Um, On the flip side, I bought in hard to the Amir Abdullah hype going into his second season. I thought he was going to be a perennial top 12, just workhorse world beater, and I traded Travis Kelsey for him. (laughs) abdullah then immediately got a list frank injury in his first game that season and i ended up cutting him two seasons later
3: that's painful
0: he played one game for me
3: best trade? i don't know that's kind of tough i traded a early second round pick for kenny galladay the the year that he was a wide receiver one or, or before the, the season that he was mm-hmm. a wide receiver one, but that's kind of become uh become a wash since then. Um, I mean, if you won, it's worth it, right? It, yeah. I, I mean, it, I didn't win the, the year that he had the wide receiver one season, Fair. but um, I think, uh, I, I think my favorite one is still going to be that uh, Brandon cooks for CMC mm-hmm. or, or the, for the pick that became CMC. Yeah. That's a great deal um yeah i mean it's it's kind of been a a tough last couple years but like you know i i would much rather have brandon cooks is is still a a great arguably underrated piece um but it is really fun having having the guy where it's like when he's on the field he's legitimately probably like he's got a as good a shot as anybody to be like the number one dude in the league you know
2: uh, i think favorite trade last season i traded at my uh 2022 first. Ended up being i think the 1.11 for cooper cup so obviously that worked out pretty well then i, I have one trade a couple of, i think it was two years ago um where I traded the i think it ended up being the 2022 one uh 10th overall a 23 second and Odell Beckham Jr. for Josh Jacobs in a league where I desperately needed a running back too, and he ended up helping me win that league. Um, in terms of worst trades, I just I have a ton of trades where I basically sent thirds, fourths, fifths for players, and none of those players have ever hit for me. I think I have like a, I think I have a third for Kenny Drake, third for Dontrell Hilliard last year. Hey. Hey. Um, you know, fourth for John Brown last year. Uh Stevens I think I traded for Steven Sims in every dynasty league. And <laughs> hey, um, he had like a season. game. And he never I don't think he ever started a game for me ever. Uh so I think that's probably the one player that I bought into the most that completely failed. I, I don't even I don't even know if I want to context to this because this is an extremely embarrassing trade. That, with context, I think becomes less embarrassing, but I don't want to waste time. I sold out on Derek Carr, I think in 2019 or 2020, in a Superflex. Um, back before I really understood quarterback values in Superflex. And I think I ended up trading him for what equaled like a third.
3: I, the worst trade that I ever uh. forgot to say that, but uh, the worst trade that I ever did was definitely last year when I traded away a first for Robert Woods thinking hey, that Bobby I was I, gonna kill it. I, I think that he is, but like what makes it painful, I traded my my twenty twenty-two first away. Um and we do a we do a lottery for the all the teams that didn't make oh, no. uh didn't make the playoffs. And I traded for Robert Woods thinking, oh I'm you know I was the repeating or I, I was the defending champion. So I was thinking, oh my team's really strong. You know, we got a good chance to repeat. We just need uh bolster our wide receiver core and you know uh matthew stafford's there they're gonna kill it trade my first for uh robert woods two weeks later he's out for the season then my team proceeds to collapse due to injury and uh i ended up through the lottery system getting the 101 (laughs) but i traded it away
0: Reese salt robert woods is a rough
3: yeah Yeah, that's a rough trade. I I, yeah, I I don't hate the process at the time that I I I didn't make it. But yeah, it was uh, it's unfortunate. It's a little painful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. And uh, our last topic for the day. What are you guys looking forward to this season?
3: I'm looking forward like unironically. I think I am looking forward to the Bears this season. Um, I've I've diluted myself in an ironic fashion to get hype knowing that there's not really any pressure for them to actually do any damage, um, going into this year after, you know, we've traded damn near everyone away who was good. I I'm, a, I'm upset or I'm, uh, looking forward to us being, uh, being an upset for a couple of games, you know, hopefully we, we can make some people upset. Maybe we'll pull out a game against the Packers. That would,
0: <laughs> that would be, be exciting. Fun. I'd like that. Uh,
3: yeah. I, I'm, I'm, it's weird because the Ravens will be better this year than they were last year due to the injuries, but I'm not quite as high on them going into this year as I was last year. But, but like, those are the two teams that I really root for. And I also pull for the bills. And I think, uh, bills and Ravens should actually be a treat to watch for everyone. But the bears, like, it's kind of nice knowing that we're, (laughs) we're at the bottom of the garbage pile right now. So takes the pressure off, and, you know, let's let's just have a good game. <laughs> That's some fun.
0: There's like, sure. for me, as a Lions fan last year, you know, it's like, let's just watch the game. You don't have any expectations. Let's have some fun with it.
2: Uh, um, I I wrote down the Bears, actually. You what? I actually wrote down the Bears as well. Hell yeah! In a, uh, I think, what were the words I used? I used, like, a, just like a grotesque fascination. <laughs> with, Bear. Absolutely, I just, I just want to see Part of it is that I think that, you know, I agree on the same line of, um, you know, there's just some teams that have no expectations that can be really fun. And I think they just lead to some really wacky outcomes. Like, I just, I want to have, like, an equanimous St. Brown game.
3: Let's let's fucking see it.
2: Where, or, or like a, you know, like a Tajay Sharp or a Nikhil Harry if he ever comes back. Dante, yeah. I mean, like Dante Pettis has like one game where just, completed. God,
3: yeah. Just listing off those like players, we are, we truly are like the Island of
2: uh, the
3: bears
0: are just the team. They're going to give the opportunity to all those players that people like fla- planted their flags on four years ago that never panned out.
3: I, I I like the move. Like, I mean, it's, it's fun to meme on them for all these acquisitions, but like polls is clearly, I, I've mostly agreed with the moves that polls has done, except for, you know not wanting to give contracts out to to, to actual studs but I, I like the move of you know acknowledging that you're in the rebuild and then bringing in all these guys that are probably dust they're almost assuredly dust but if one of them isn't like you keep them around for the new regime and you know why not but Look
0: for that laquan treadwell season
3: yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, let's let's get the you know the vaunted seventh year breakout. They just need one more shot. This is it.
0: The Bears are gonna be the ones to do it.
3: They're the redeem team, baby. I am
0: really looking forward to the Bears Falcons on November twentieth.
3: God um,
0: That's gonna be that's, a mess. Well, they're both already gonna be eliminated.
3: We're gonna get like the Nathan Peterman versus uh uh Felipe Franks. Uh, game I like both Felipe quarterbacks Banks are just going to be injured converted to tight end did he yeah. well
0: he'll have to go back to quarterback after all the yeah who's but... the
3: backup for the falcons or uh, i guess it would be ritter. uh yeah it would be ritter yeah.
0: Mariota's starting obviously
3: yeah well we'll go get the, the vaunted ritter versus peterman game that we're all <laughs> looking forward to
2: i i choose to believe that before that game happens uh the falcons will go ahead and re-sign famous Matt Ryan, backup legend uh, Josh Rosen.
0: Hell yeah! Oh, I was gonna say maybe Jay Cutler. Yeah, Jay Cutler? <laughs> maybe he wants to stand around for another couple games.
2: Are the Bears, are the Bears willing to uh, uh game of king? Like, just have like a Jay Cutler or like a Rex Grossman?
3: Sexy Rexy. I, I honestly don't think that uh, I don't think Cutler would come back even if we wanted to. He seems like uh, I I feel maybe I just dreamt this. I feel like in an interview. Uh recently he was like really trash in chicago yeah. which which I, I don't blame him our our fan base is dumb as rocks, you know, when people were calling him soft for uh sitting or like benching himself during that playoff game when he was like injured, like people were calling for uh who who was even our quarterback at the time? I don't know some some somebody who is trash uh. No, it was, it was uh, no, because we traded Kyle Orton for Cutler. Um, oh, right, right. It was, I, I don't know. But Cutler, like, literally, he, he's the best quarterback in our franchise. And he was just dog wow. on constantly for, for no real reason. I, I, I understand why he uh, would be trash-talking us. But a, a funny little side note, I was uh, seeing somebody for a little bit who had the Kristen Cavalieri cookbook which she does have a cookbook in case you guys didn't know. And okay. uh, there was like these little notes uh, throughout about like all these different recipes. This was before the divorce, obviously. And so I flipped through the entire book and found all like the little anecdotes about uh Jay Cutler on there. And there was like family photos of them. Like every once in a while is it was, it was pretty entertaining for me. Uh,
0: I guess the thing I'm really most looking forward to this year is just uh, whooping that ass. I'm sorry for any of you that are in leagues with me, but uh, <laughs> I apologize in advance. Anyone else? Any of you guys uh, have anything else you want to say before we get out of here?
2: I was just going to say, like on a more serious note. I mean, other than like the Bills, uh, I think I not Will he be a court? Will he be your starter in 2023? I have no idea. I really, I really want to watch Jalen Hurts this year. I want Jill.
3: Gardner Minshew.
2: As much as I want Gardner Minshew, I just I want to see Jalen because I think that Jalen Hurts has probably this ability to be like the next top two, top three fantasy kind of superstar value, even he might not actually be good at the game of football. Uh, So you know, I'm just excited to see that. I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see what it looks like with him and AJ Brown.
3: I'm more excited for Jalen Hurts than I am Trey Lance. Yeah, I I will. I will say that.
2: Yeah, I agree with that by far. I'm not really excited to see Trey Lance at all. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, I'm uh, what's uh, morbidly curious, but uh, all right. With that note, um, that's all we have for today. Uh, thanks to everyone who stopped in for the live show. If you missed anything, be sure to be on the lookout for the recorded post-production podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google uh, Google Podcasts, um, or any other platform we can weasel our way onto uh big thanks to uh obviously the three guys that are here with me today um josh for recording this pete for doing all of the editing after the solar too even though he had to leave yeah yeah, solar who had to scoot on out of here silently yeah thanks for stopping in guys and uh have a good one we'll catch you next week
3: Yeah, this was a ton of fun thanks for tuning in everyone and fun chatting with you guys
2: Uh, thanks everyone for listening